0: To be a porn vaccine. Adam Curry,
1: John C. Dvorak. It's April fourth,
2: two thousand and ten. Time for your Gimmo Nation Media Assassination episode one eighty-eight.
1: This is No Agenda.
2: Firing jingles from the iPod while fighting the global elite and coming to you from the hilltop watchtower crackpot command center in Gimmo Nation West in the People's Republic of Salem, California.
0: In the morning, I'm Adam Curry. Big storms are brewing here in Northern Silicon Valley. And there'll be a big storm of brewing on the show. I'm John C. Dvorak.
2: It's Craig and Buzzkill. in the morning.
0: In the morning
2: to you, sir. Missed my cue again. That's <laughs> all right. I've, I fumbled through mine. <laughs> hey, I, I did. I finally got the uh, the jingles running on the iPad.
0: Oh, good. Yeah, it's it really works. You said well. iPad. You have an iPad. Yes, I do. I, uh, I buckled. Did you get in line and stand by Scoble and get in line and spend all night? <laughs> Yay!
2: You know you know what it was? It was It was actually very, very strange because I uh, I was kind of like planning on waiting a little while and seeing what was going to happen. And, you know, I always like to see if devices are going to work or not. And uh, in the morning, it was actually our uh, f- uh, our first anniversary yesterday, so we were planning on going to have lunch anyway. And I'm looking at the or uh Mickey and, and mine well you
0: should be more specific
2: I'm sorry. yes lightning struck one year ago and one year, when one day now exactly
0: and Did then you, you guys re- met afterwards go yeah. on get going
2: <laughs> oh wait a minute you got a little uh
0: <laughs> <laughs> sorry is that a button you pushed on the ipad yeah
3: huh.
0: and uh so i'm watching the
2: um twit live cuz you can't you can't miss it like everyone's tweeting about it this is kind of what social media is these days it's like okay, iPad this, iPad that, blah blah blah, and then uh, yeah. I, and then I turn on uh, how the, relevant. Yeah, well, I do want to say something about it. I turn on the live uh, Twitch stream, and uh, and there's Scoble <laughs> in line, you know, and then there's this Wozniak in a, in another store in line, and, and and I get like strangely excited, and I'm 45 year old man. <laughs> that is terrible. I know. I'm like I'm like okay, this is really feeling bad. I, what's what's up with this? And of course. Me? You know, I I knew that they had uh, done the whole velvet rope strategy. I knew there would be plenty of iPads. So I said, you know what, Mick? On our way to lunch, why don't we just drive by the Grove, which is this fabulous shopping center in Los Angeles. Uh, fabulous. It's really fabulous. No, it's great. It's pretty awesome, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, if there's no line and we can walk right in, we'll go pick one up. So we go down there, and there's the, the velvet rope lines. Apparently, there were l- lines in the morning. Um, and there was like two people waiting for the non-reservation line. So I said, "Okay, you know, it's just really against my principles, but there's two people, so we'll we'll hop in line." It took about five minutes, and uh, and we and we went up. We got one. The thing that uh, that she pointed out amidst all of the the bull crap that we always talk about and all the negative stuff going on in the world, it is kind of nice to see a lot of people. Uh, In a company, actually, that's doing very well, being happy about a product they make. I mean, I I have to admit, there's something pretty magical about that. You
4: know, the the people
2: who are, uh, you know, the people who are uh, managing the lines, all the way to the people who are selling them. And these aren't like highly paid employees. You know, they're just people working at the Apple store uh, at the Grove, and everyone's you know kind of happy, and they're applauding their own product, and uh, the company's very successful. In these days, I think you have to stop and say, "Wow, yeah, yeah well, what well, are they putting in the water over there?"
0: Yeah, totally.
2: Why are you so? Why are you being so negative? No, I'm not being negative. I'm agreeing with everything you say. You're being kind of snide. No. Oh, no, no, <laughs> no, not at all. Hey, it's a great device. Everything if I said it is works true. Works for
0: the show. It works for me.
2: Yeah, everything I said is true. Everything I predicted is right.
0: Whatever that means.
2: (laughs) Hold on a second. We're so on time with today's show. Normally you don't hear my my Mac farting and everything. It's like, this is all the sounds you normally hear during the pre-stream. Wow, we're on time. Happy Easter, John.
0: Yeah, happy Easter to everybody out there. That's uh, that's crazy enough to be listening to our show on Easter. I I suppose most people will be listening to it uh, on their commutes next week, as most people do.
2: Uh, Do you uh, celebrate Easter?
0: I mean, you'd be kind of like a non-religious type guy. No, we do a uh, Easter egg hunt every Easter.
2: You know, where did all this is? This is what I'm confused about. You know, I understand the whole egg thing, resurrection. You know, coming out of the egg. I get that. <laughs> I, but, I never
0: got that, but okay. But,
2: but how do we get from egg to rolling them down hills, hiding them, and and Easter bunnies? You
0: know, where uh, the bunnies and, lay the
2: eggs. <laughs> this is this is what Vicky <laughs> said. I'm like, hello. <laughs> the, the bunnies lay <laughs> the egg, and you can bite their head off because they're made of chocolate.
0: Yep, there you have it. You got it in a nutshell. It's like, what is up with that? It's it, was, the weirdest it was one holiday. of these holidays that you know that came from religiosity that <laughs> that Hallmark didn't uh, get a hold of soon enough to make things you know concise and meaningful. <laughs> Hallmark wasn't around early enough, <laughs> and so the thing got went out of control. It really is
2: out of control. But everyone seems to be celebrating this year for some reason. You know, and if not religiously, they're getting together and having a family dinner. It's kind of interesting.
0: Well, it's one of the first times it's actually been on a Sunday.
2: Oh, this is a good point. (laughs) It's always on a Sunday, you douche. It's the first Sunday after the first full moon of spring.
0: Oh, is that what it is, actually? Yeah, it is. Because they always move it around. You know, it hit my birthday once.
2: Wait a minute. So your birthday's got to be coming up.
0: Yeah. Or did I miss it? No, no, it's coming up. But it hit my birthday once when I was a little kid. So when's your birthday? The 14th? fifth really tomorrow yeah. uh, i think it's tuesday oh no it's tomorrow the fifth you are such a, you're an amazing oh yeah man. tomorrow is the C. fifth of oh my right. goodness you anyway, wonder you, you uh,
2: wonder why everyone's hiding packages around <laughs> all kinds of gifts stacking up in the corner there
0: so um anyway the um um uh, it, it, you know, the fifth falls on Sundays every four or five years. And, and then I'm and when it happens, I say, wow, maybe I'll get another Easter. And no, they'll move it to Easter. It's never hit my birthday ever again. Just so when I was a little kid, it did once. Ah. So I feel well, that's pretty, nice. <laughs> What are you going to do for your birthday? Uh, I'm not sure. John, I drink a bottle of 89 Lafitte. Ooh, probably nice. a bottle of 85 Salon Champagne.
2: So is there yeah. is there a party that I that I was not invited to?
0: Yeah a family party <laughs> that nobody's invited to. And do we want
2: to talk about uh is it a last time
0: you came all you did was grouse. No, I didn't come to your birthday. No, that wine was terrible.
2: No, that was Thanksgiving. It wasn't terrible. You were setting it up like some great stuff and it was basically vinegar.
0: Well, it turned out uh, over the yeah. hill. Yeah. So is this a significant year for you, or is it just kind no, of No, a- I'm No, I'm not collecting Social Security, if that's what you're angling for. So let's get to our it. executive producers.
2: Yes, John, who are the executive producers for No Agenda, episode
0: 188? Uh, we actually have a whole bunch today, and a, oh, uh, uh, a... couple of nights, I think, huh? Actually, three nights. Hey, now. Uh, nice. but Let's go over what we got. We got... Uh, By the way, happy birthday in Australia. It's already the fifth. Oh, yes. Hmm. You're always older if you live in Australia, and yeah. it's because of the sun.
2: <laughs> yes. And the angle of the earth.
0: And they have a uh, ozone hole. Yeah. Okay. We got two executive producers um, who also are also becoming knights. One is John Trainer From um, Wilmington, Delaware. Who gave us 600 bucks. And uh, then CB in Tokyo. Well, I, don't have, I don't have him on my list. That's because he mailed a check-in, which went directly into the account.
2: Ah, CB in Tokyo. That's the handle we're using?
0: Yeah, so when he keeps using, so I don't want to use his name. Uh, if he wants us to use it, we can use it later. But anyway, CB in Tokyo. And um, he's also a knight. And then we have uh, one, two, three associate executive producers, including Philip Evans from Modesto, mm-hmm. who has a message of some sort. He wants geography lessons since we failed to immediately identify the Red Sea.
2: Yeah, you know, I'm I'm really sorry about uh, about my cock-up on the last show about Saudi Arabia uh, being landlocked. Well, the way the story read and when I and I have to say the way Google presents maps it it, it is understandable at least. But still, if we have uh, uh, Trident submarines in the Red Sea, uh, that's all, not not uninteresting.
0: Or the Gulf, the actually the Persian Gulf is m- even more uninteresting because that's right that butts up against uh, Iran. Yes. But and they never said which of the two. Uh, no, they
2: just said Saudi Arabia, like the like the thing shot out of the desert.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, you know, it's a mistake you can make once in a while. Anyway, that's Philip Evans Modesto, and he uh, he's looking for uh, I don't know what he's looking for. He said, this is a this is he's written as a copy of War and Peace.
2: Yeah, he has. uh, Let me see. He has... uh, uh, Yeah, it is War and Peace. In fact, I should load that on the iPad in the iBookstore and read the entire thing at my leisure. (laughs) (laughs) He's working on a uh, a background personal project using a a T1 OMAP 3 device. Oh, oh, Texas Instrument TI. All right. Oh, I see what he's doing. Yeah, he's getting streaming in his car set up.
0: Oh, good. He believes well, in our... That's vi- the future yeah. of he, our yeah, show. Exactly. You know?
2: He believes in our vision of uh, noagendastream.com. And we thank you for your uh, uh, support as his, uh, associate executive producer. Phil. And
0: then we also have Sam Leung, Leung, or Long, depends on how you pronounce it. I think it would be Leung, wouldn't it? L-E-U-N-G. Yeah, Sam Leung. And he's in Toronto, and he gave us 23333, and he's calling himself out as a douchebag for a Douchebag! And not checking his PayPal more regularly. It turns out that my so-called recurring donations, I guess he's going to be a knight or a subscriber, hasn't been going through since December. If you're doing a subscription-based donation to the show, I encourage you to verify the payments. By the way, we do too because people get canceled left and right say, say, why did you cancel me? Then they send us an email. Why yeah. did you cancel me from my subscription? I'm saying, why, we didn't cancel, you canceled. No, I didn't cancel. <laughs> so, so That's PayPal, what you said. <laughs> that's what PayPal, PayPal screwed up. Um, they do that a then, lot. And then Randy Asher. Really? to <laughs> See, there he is. What? Oh, my God. <laughs> so he's mentioned that it's probably a good idea to brown nose when making requests. I also got the hint about send cash, not close, so, which, you know, he, he's one of our artists. So I have to say they donate 200 bucks and sign up for the three hundred dollars a month. Oh my God! And goodness. he's going to donate thirty percent of all profits made at Zazzle. He has a Zazzle account, uh, which of course would be thirty percent of <laughs> five bucks every three months.
2: <laughs> Yay! I'm not, I'm not laughing at it. Every little <laughs> bit helps. I'm not laughing. And we have a a, a Dutch. Uh, is this a, an
0: associate exec or a associate exec? But with Randy, I just want to mention one thing. He he will want us to mention is stuff dot com, which is where he's going to get his money for. Uh, yeah,
2: you know, he's an artist. He probably's got stuff there that's cool. Hold on, no stuff dot com. By the way, all of these cool links, all these no agenda based domain names, they're always to be found in the links that rock, which is at the top of all the show notes at noagendashow dot com. Uh, you might want to check that out from time to time because it does change. There's new stuff in there all the time. Like the what is the uh, the new one? I promised we'd promote the. Uh, no,
0: no agenda book club.
2: No, noagendameeting.com, I think is Oh, the, the Dutch, meeting, right? The no the agenda
0: meeting? meeting in in Amsterdam. Big yeah. meeting, big yeah. European meeting of the G or the no. We had the no agenda, <laughs> the NA twenty. You know the- <laughs> Yeah,
2: exactly. The NA twenty, and I've been waiting for this one for our final uh, associate executive producer. Uh,
0: wasn't that Randy Asher?
2: No, Alex. We have Alex on the list. From Springfield.
0: What, on my list, I don't have I got an Alex. Number two? Oh, Alex Venderhengst. No, he's an <laughs> executive producer. Oh, did I m- you missed m- miss him? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, oh, sorry, Alex. Uh, we, we, yeah, Alex we'd we'd like you to repeat his name
2: piece. again, please. Could you please do the pronunciation? <sighs> Alex Venderhengst. Yeah, Venderhengst. Venderhengst. It's of the stallion
0: is what that translates to. Okay. We have another pronunciation challenge coming up later in the show.
2: Uh, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. So um, I would like to thank uh, our executive producers, uh, John Trainer, CB in Tokyo. They are uh, underwriting this particular episode of No Agenda, and of course, right alongside of them, one line lower on the credits is Philip Evans, Sam Leung, Leung, Leung.
0: Lang. You know, it could be pronounced Long or Lang. I'm not sure.
2: I think I will try Lang. Randy Asher and Alex von der Hengst, uh, for all of you, you know what you need to do?
1: Put on your resume and go out and apply the formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. <laughs> World Order
0: to stay. Uh, this, 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 throw out that ipad now <laughs> i'll get over it throw it out i'll get over it hey thank
2: you very much indeed put that on your resume and we'll vouch for you and know that you have actually done a very hollywood thing you have uh produced an actual episode
0: of a real show uh with real dudes and
2: that's a big yep. deal that's a big deal
0: and that, you you did mention CB in Tokyo, didn't you? Yes, I did. Uh, executive producer for today. Okay. Um and we'll do
2: our night hoods later obviously. Always yeah. exciting on a Sunday. Well, John, in the morning to you. It has been uh it has been quite a uh, a couple days once again.
0: Well, what do you see that that's interesting.
2: Uh the thing, well, it, when it comes to media assassination, there's a couple of things. Uh there was a, a fantastic article in uh uh, sent out on the Reuters wire, actually listed on the Reuters website, and it's about the uh, uh, President Obama trip to Afghanistan. Now, remember, um, I asserted almost immediately, and I think you agree that this would, this had to be some cover for something,
0: something
2: else. And I, I believe that he uh, secretly went to China. Now, when you read this account, which is kind of like a, almost like a blog accounting from uh, one of the reporters. So it's it's very interesting where he says, well, you know, it all started out with a phone call from Reuters News Pictures' Washington editor in charge, which, by the way, how big is that guy's business card, Jim Borg, and forming Thursday night, there was a secret presidential trip leaving on Saturday to an undisclosed destination. So uh, if you run down this article, it's fantastic because it almost plays exactly into what we were talking about. Uh, everything had to be kept secret. Uh, they were on the plane did not see the President the entire time they were on the plane uh then they were uh they had to wait on the ground were not allowed to photograph the president coming off the plane, but then all of a sudden uh he came off and they got like thirty seconds to photograph him so that was probably either a the other Obama or the uh he was the the president had probably already gone to China at that point in the other Air Force one. Uh, but he actually provides a nice timeline, and there 's plenty of time to make a little trip to to china with uh, with this with the backup Air Force one and It was very secretive they had very little access
0: oh wait, so let me get this straight. Okay, so now I'm getting the picture. In other words, we were taking a look at two Air Force Ones. One of them lands in Afghanistan. Nobody gets to see Obama actually on the plane. They get to see some guy walking off the plane that looks like Obama. Who
2: then runs to the helicopter.
0: Who runs to a helicopter, and he takes off. And then you're asserting that the other Air Force One landed in China for some sort of a meeting.
2: Yeah, oh yeah, landed for a meeting. And then, so of course, they had to wait for the other Air Force One to come back. And for the president to land in a helicopter before he could basically pretend to walk out of Air Force One that they were all on, where they never saw him. And they had no access to their... Did they see him on the way back? No. Hmm. No. No, and it's all in here, but it's in a very kind of casual kind of
0: way. And do they mention that this is unusual, the way this was handled? (laughs) Do they, all, do they ever get to see him or chat with him on one of these trips? Now,
2: well, the thing that that is interesting, is a couple of really good pictures when he meets with. Uh, there was there was a welcoming ceremony with Karzai. Now Karzai, of course, has his uh, his cape on, his uh, uh, his superhero cape, and his uh, hat made of lamb fetus skin, which is true. And the president has uh, a suit and tie on, but it's completely. And this is what. Really, I think confirms my thinking. It's completely dusted where he—I guess he had the seatbelt from a helicopter, uh, but I mean, like really dirty, and you can literally see the uh, the belt over his
0: uh, uh, over his shoulder. You mean had a dirty sh- uh, shoulder belt, sh- shoulder yeah. harness type? Yeah, of- yeah. very, very and it was dirty. dirty. And it got very him all dirty, grimy. Yeah, because he probably
2: wasn't flying in uh, one of the presidential helicopters. It was, it was probably a military helicopter. And, uh, I don't know, it just tells me that he was around a lot of sand. <laughs> but even even the reporter's like, wow, that's interesting. And then later he threw on a, a leather jacket when he went to meet the troops. Uh, the whole thing is just, it's filled with holes of hours of, and hours of time. Um, then there was all kinds of problems accessing the internet for the press corps to upload their pictures, and the FTP wasn't working, and... Like, uh-huh. Well,
0: here's an interesting thing that Bite Law just sent me right now. Article dated March 29th. Obama summoned to China as global war fears grow. Yeah. Sortship foul is reported to her Western subscribers. This is like some
2: That's uh what, what does it mean? Dot com, which I uh, actually donate to because uh, sometimes they come up with some good stuff. I like them.
0: Yeah, the whole thing. Sure. Okay. There's a
2: yeah. Well, also, you know, Timothy Geithner is now. Uh, delaying the report on China manipulating uh, currency prices. Oh, you know, I think we should because, of course, Obama was in China. It's like, isn't here, Obama? you know no on us? Don't do that!
0: So Is said, that your imitation of a Chinese person? Yeah, what do you think? Pretty good, huh? Yeah, just the way, in fact, it sounds like the good waiter I just saw the other day at the Chinese <laughs> restaurant.
2: In the morning!
3: <laughs>
0: Anyway,
2: so I, I enjoyed that very much, and if you if you read the whole story, it's in the show notes. Uh you'll see where hours and hours of time uh was left open. And for what? You know, for like a handshake? What was yeah, up no, with that? It's bogus. Well, of course it's bogus. Then uh, uh had a little time uh, to read through the uh the broadband plan for America. Oh you did? Yeah. It's What'd it's fine. Well, I found out that uh, the FCC is basically recommending that the government uh, spend as much money as possible, and if possible, equal to what they've spent on uh, our national treasures, NPR and PBS, on uh, a, a digital public media because, of course, you know all this stuff out there on the Internet, You know, there's too much bullshit. It's not true, so we have to have the Ministry of Truth come in. We need a, quote, system of digital public media, or more accurately, cooperative systems of public media that can work with intention to deploy broadband content to forge connected communities. The function of a public media system would be to use the power of the Internet to give a voice to things that have not survived the rigors of the media marketplace where the demands of customers drive content creation. It would also serve as a curator, focusing on what information to highlight, and as a connector of media producers who have not been able to find a broad enough audience to make it to the marketplace.
0: So there you go. Uh, They're coming into our space. Yeah, well, I'm telling you, I've said this before, I think our show's at risk.
2: The federal government has invested well over $10 billion in the public broadcast system. States have invested billions more. There is now an opportunity to leverage that public investment in public service broadcasting to create public service broadband. This is it. You're right. We need to get that mesh network up pretty soon.
0: Yeah, well, I think we will manage it, but it's going to unfortunately keep us from growing to the size we really need to be at to uh, have any influence. But that's okay. At least we'll have saved a few.
3: Yeah.
2: Well, I, th- I think we're, we are catching... Even the, uh, Will, the gay hairdresser, was here uh, yesterday. He's like, you know, I hear people talking about this no agenda thing. <laughs> and he goes to the, like places <laughs> like Slammers, okay? You know, this, <laughs> which you, you really don't want to know what happens there. And by the way, I'm like, Will, please stop telling me.
0: <laughs> I'm right really next don't- to the other bar, the White Swallow.
2: <laughs> yeah, th- those kinds of places. Yeah. How about you, John?
0: Uh, I don't know. I was, uh, I slept in and, uh, had, had some cognac last night and, uh, you know, not much going on here. I did pick up a few clips though. Okay. Including, uh, I still haven't put together my educational clips cause and I, well, I'm not going to run them today because they it'd be too boring. But I, I, there was one interesting, at least we'll, we might as well start with some humor. They, uh, one of the local writers was busted here in San Francisco. A guy, I actually, know him. When I used to when I was at the exam, San Francisco Examiner. He was the the um, nature writer. He's the uh, outdoorsman writer, and he looks like Grizzly Adams, <laughs> and he doesn't look like he's aged a And you'll figure out why when you're listening to the story. But the this story this is one of the few stories he got. Apparently, uh, Tom Stenestra, uh he um, uh, was growing pot. And he got busted for personal use or for uh, commerce. Well, he had sixty plants or fifty, thirty plants or yeah, something like that. It that's sound commerce. Like it. That's that's but minor commerce. But you have to listen to the story, and you and you where he lives is is kind of the punchline to the story. But you want to run it.
5: A San Francisco Chronicle writer is free on bail after investigators say they found a marijuana growing operation on his property. The Siskiyou County Sheriff's Department says...
2: I love how 30 plants is now a marijuana growing operation. Yeah. <laughs> That's
5: nice. Deputies arrested Tom Steenstra and his wife last week. They say they found 60 pot plants and more than 11 pounds of processed marijuana in his barn located in the town of Weed. No
4: charges
2: have been filed. <laughs> what do you expect? It's like, if you're a Fed and you're going to go look for a mar- marijuana growing operation, I think the town of Weed would be a good place to start.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. Weed, Weed. Is somewhere north of Redding <laughs> in this valley. I think
2: I'm going to move there.
0: It's a great little town, yeah. but <laughs> meanwhile, I just thought that was hilarious. That is good. Growing pot in the town of Weed. Hey, eleven pounds is not for personal use, though, dude. No, chicken plants and 11 pounds. That's, just, that's not for personal use. <laughs> Especially the kind of crap they're growing nowadays. Well, wait
2: a minute. You know this guy. Is he is he in the Slammer? Is he going to jail? I don't know. They never reported on it. I have no idea. But he's, can no, you, I think can he's, you pop no, I him
0: a note? Listen to the end. I don't think he's been actually put in jail yet. I think oh, he's, he must but, be white. Of course. Yeah, that's exactly it.
2: <laughs> if you're, if you're white, white you, know, you don't go to jail if you're white. No, you just give the cops a couple of poundage and you're good to go.
0: Yeah, no, if he was a black guy, he'd be in jail right now, and they'd Hell be beating yeah. him. Yeah. Waterboarding. <laughs> Just to practice. Well, that's All right, uh, that's it for me. I'm out of here. I'm done. All right, yeah.
2: have a happy Easter, John. Great. Yeah, it was a good, good <laughs> show. I, uh, there was something really disturbing, which I, c- I can't really play the clip, because it wouldn't make any sense, because there's no audio. And I know you saw it as well, John, two times. Going to a commercial break right after a Letterman segment on CBS.
0: Yeah, and I have I th- to put this on the blog.
2: Yeah, I, I have it in the show notes, uh, and it'll be on noagendatv.com. Twice, two separate occasions. I think it's two separate
0: occasions. It yeah, seems no, like they are. I looked at both books. They're two separate times.
2: Um, all of a sudden, and I'd say middle of the screen about, uh, well, bi- big,
0: right? It's not Yeah, right screen. across the screen in big letters. It says Haiti. Yeah, and Haiti, he, and uh, and I think it's only for one frame. No, it's more than that. It's, it's It seems like half a second, well, he, so it's probably eight, eight no, or no, nine frames. No, I don't frames. think so, because he showed, slowed it down, the guy who caught this. And then he showed it in slow-mo, so it, was, so it was seriously there for a long time. But I think in real time, it was one frame. It's really weird, you know it's like it was it, two times two letterman shows going they go to a break, do two different shows, and just before they hit the commercial there's this big Haiti across the screen, and uh, I don't know, I have no idea what what they're trying to do. what is it trying to maintain Haiti in our mind or I don't know it's, or it's, get attention I mean it, and it, who makes it? here's the thing that gets me more than anything else is who's making the decision to to run this stuff?
2: Well at first, I thought it was maybe just a slate or something that 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 a you know, if a Haiti commercial or a or a you know a Clinton Bush thing would have shown up after it Shysters show up and take advantage of people's goodwill and generosity then i would have understood it but it wasn't, it was like a local news promo. And it or... doesn't
0: look anything like a slate. No, a slate it does. For people out there, you might want to explain what they are. They're little, uh... Well, you'll see this from
2: time to, t- from time, to time. Yeah, it's... every once
0: in a while they drop it in by mistake.
2: Yeah, it, it basically uh, gives you the title of the clip that's coming up, uh, the producer, who owns it, all kinds of uh, pertinent uh, production information. And sometimes it used to happen a lot more when they were actually using tapes. And now in digital, you barely see it, which is why it's hard to believe this is a mistake. Right, because you queue everything up in digital, and it's just like whoa, and and what was it for? It's like really, I was, it was totally weird. Related to that, uh, I was on, yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. I Kate, was
0: just saying, it was yellow on a black background.
2: It was like the weirdest thing, and of course, we know right now they are in the middle of the eleven point four billion dollar plan for Haiti, of which. uh Bill Clinton is the special envoy, UN envoy. So they're planning to build their tax-free haven, their casinos, uh, their uh, love shacks. Everything is gonna. It's uh, Haiti is. And I'm being- sure it's gonna be fantastic. Well, yeah, the problem is, is the rainy season is about to start. It starts, uh, Well,
0: yeah, well, that'll That'll give the opportunity for more Haitians to die. Yes. Well, and then if we're, and then if Clinton's lucky, they'll have a hurricane blow through there and, and kill more of them. And, and then just, they'll have everything the, the way they want it.
2: They won't even have to bulldoze. The, the bodies will just be whisked away because this is literally hundreds of thousands of people not living in tents, but living under sheets, sheets and rope. So let me recount for you. We've had millions, millions of dollars uh, and euros around the world has been collected. We all felt really good with all the live shows. No, let's help the people for Haiti. Everybody hurts. All this crap. None of the money has gone to getting these people the basic necessities of tents. In fact, Bill Clinton... I'm not even going to play it because I'm just going to get angry. With a, with a stone face, not stoned, but stone face sits there and says, Oh yeah, we bought, you know, 60,000 tents. Bull crap. There's not a single tent there. These people are living underneath sheets and they're, and they're, they're, they're just perishing. You're right. I think that they're just waiting. Oh, let's have the rainy season come in. They got 20,000 troops still there who are slowly going to pull back because, Oh yeah, our work is done here. And now, uh, <laughs> The uh, uh, Rene Proval is saying we need uh, a U.N. Red Helmet Humanitarian Rapid Reaction Force, which could swing into action within hours of a natural disaster. So they're planning the natural disaster because the same earthquake machine can make a hurricane machine. Okay. I do. So I do. And I'll tell you why. You go look at all of the aerial photographs from 9 11. Look no, right on. Let, the let, let me constantly. finish. I will, I'll put it in the show notes once again. You will see there was a huge sure. hurricane right off the coast of New York, which no one reported on and it disappeared magically after the buildings fell. Forget, forget about that. It's just a little side note. However, the point being all of this money. No, not a single frickin' tent for these people. That's all they're asking for. I mean, give them one of those formaldehyde trailers from Katrina. Do something. They're getting nothing. So now there's this organization. I saw this on the KTLA morning show because I like to see happy news about puppies and stuff like that. And it's called a org. And I love this organization. Where they they have they're not taking your money. That's what I like the most about them. They've got their guy. Bobby Duval, it's a, it's actually a bunch of show business people. Uh he's in Atlanta, and they on their website, ahomeinhaiti.org, they give you Amazon.com links to buy tents. So you buy it an actual tent from Amazon and you put in the shipping address in Atlanta, and then Bobby Duval actually takes it to Haiti and hands it out to people. This is this is how bad it's gotten is that we have to have actors jump in and do this. And the thing that pissed me off is one of these, these actresses was on KTLA and uh, she's talking about this. And of course, you know, good plug, good promotion. And they're doing a lot of social media stuff. So the word is getting out. And then one, and the, one of the anchors actually asked a, a, an intelligent question. He says, wow, that's kind of weird. You know, we've got, we raised all this money. How come there's no tents? And she copped out and said, Oh, don't get me started.
6: No, don't me oh,
2: don't get me started I was like yes start what are you talking about there's the perfect opportunity to say that shysters have shown up and taken all your money and they've given it to all these fringe NGO groups and they're all putting it into stocks and bonds with Goldman Sachs and they're just letting the people of Haiti starve and wither away and now they're going to let the flash floods come and then the hurricanes will be generated and all the evidence is
0: gone I don't see you have your own theme now? <laughs> yeah. Well, that stinks.
2: <laughs> hey, man. People are upset that I still have to use yours. <laughs> <laughs>
4: uh,
0: okay. So, uh, yeah, no, they're. Uh it's bad, yeah. and
4: you know it's, what? Well, and,
0: hey, well this is equal opportunity. We did the same thing to the people in New Orleans, so yeah, that's true. Oh, wait, they were also
2: brown, right? There you go.
0: Well, in the Ninth Ward, they were uh, which I got I, still I, still untouched. I'm going to New Orleans next month, and I expect to uh, drive around the Ninth Ward. If some if we have some listeners that are, I uh, want to have a meetup or something, even get a few people together and go around. Uh, you know what? That sounds like a, a, a fun idea. What day are you going? Uh, you know that's a good question. I have to I'd have to look. It was the beginning of the month. said so like March April May May. It's around May 9th or something. Or some something like that. I have to get the date.
2: Oh, I, would, I, w- I wouldn't mind dropping by
0: if I can. But go around the ninth ward.
2: Yeah, just hanging out with you and
0: some of our uh, militia. Oh yeah, that'd probably be a good thing to do. Okay, so. Uh, there wasn't, there wasn't any... I don't, was there any really good distracting news this week? No. That would seem to be no. a slowdown.
2: No, I don't think there was. Um, yeah, what well, was a minor one, which... There was. There were no blow-ups or anything. I did kind of like the story that got a lot of... Well, the iPad, of course, was the... I think the guys are like all kicking back going, All right, Steve's on the case now. We don't have to worry about anything. Carry on. Business as usual. <sighs> That's probably yeah. that's you know I mean why even comp- in fact I think that they probably have a deal with uh, the Steve <laughs> yeah. Jobs like hey you know Steve's like hey I don't give a crap what you guys do okay but you are not I repeat you are not going to do any distractions while I'm launching my shit here I'll take care of it I got it covered there was the uh, the uh, the announcement from the Federal Aviation Admi- Administration who uh, said, hey, you know, we think that it's okay for pilots with mild to moderate depression to be uh, allowed to fly while taking antidepressants.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Let me
2: tell you something. Not a good idea. I I don't understand. Who was running that thing over there?
0: I don't know. That doesn't sound good to me either, especially if you just listen to one of these commercials.
2: I mean, you're not not even supposed to take... I know uh, commercial outfits they will not allow their pilots to take uh, cold medicine. Nothing. <laughs> right. You really don't want that because it's slow, it just slows down your shit. And and and, and, and this is new policy. FAA Chief R- uh, Randy Babbitt. Oh, that should tell you enough right there. He says it will actually improve airline safety. Oh, the concern we have today is that People who are either self-medicating or not seeking a diagnosis. You know, you know what this is about? This is about having the pilots who have uh, been sneaking antidepressants coming forward and firing them. Yep. Because there's too many pilots. You know, the, you know the, I, I didn't actually touch on this. The, uh, the pilot, the uh, captain who landed the British Airways 777 that came in from China that uh, the throttle broke... Uh, or they or they couldn't throttle up upon uh, arrival, like 500 feet before they actually went, wound up landing short. Remember that? Mm, vaguely. Oh come on, man! You remember that? It was like the huge triple seven, and everyone survived. One person got a broken leg, but they landed in front of the runway. You know, the undercarriage dug in and everything. But it was because of the fuel flow, and it was real, real iffy as to what had happened. And they never really came out with a report as to what was going on with the triple seven. It was a couple of years ago, and we talked about it. Uh, ad nauseam is that back in the news yeah well barely because this guy the the pilot is now on welfare because yeah because he was told to shut up slave he was told to not talk to the media because of course there was a huge problem with the with the with the boeing aircraft there's some st- structural problem i'm sure It still really hasn't been resolved as to what exactly happened. And then British Airways told other people who were doing their training, and they do training every single day, oh yeah, he choked they basically told told everyone oh, yeah, i it
0: was it was a pilot error the guy choked and then and, and then he got totally shunned how do you get to the point of being a 777 seven pilot and being a cho- as, as a choke artist that doesn't make any sense logically at all
2: it doesn't make sense and uh, and what they're saying is because Uh, What he did is he handed controls over to the first officer and said, here, you fly the plane. I'm going to see if I can restart the, you know, get the fuel flowing. And you basically do need to constantly, you know, it's like you're at 500 feet. You're about to land. Oh, you know, he gave up. He choked. Actually, I have to say our national treasure, I think it was NPR, did an interview. No, no, I'm sorry. It wasn't. It was BBC. What am I thinking? Hmm. Um, And uh, which, of course, is. There's all kinds of political reasons there for the BBC to do a such a huge uh, story about the guy, but it was in a way kind of buried. And it's just it's crazy. The guy's on welfare now. He got kicked out. He's got no job, and he's being blamed for this. Well, yeah, he'll never get work. They even said he never called in. A, he never called in a Mayday call. That's what they were telling uh, employees internally. Where the tapes clearly, you can hear him calling in the Mayday. It's uh, railroad job total. Total. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a Airbus. The real world. Uh, yeah, it's the Airbus Boeing uh, fight that yeah, continues. It's got something to do with it. Bastards.
0: Um, so, uh, have you ever heard of Awakening Squads? No, but I should be a member. Well, play the Awakening Squads clip. America's
7: news Headquarters. Hi, everyone. I'm Jamie Colby. Right now, the hunt is on for those responsible for a horrifying attack in Iraq. Authorities are saying gunmen dressed in Iraqi military uniforms raided homes near Baghdad, handcuffing and then shooting 25 people execution style. Five of the victims were women. Most of the dead members of the so-called Awakening Councils, they're the Sunni fighters who helped change the course of the war by turning against al-Qaeda.
2: Okay, so uh, let me just uh, say that I don't think I should be a member of that. I thought it was some some other kind of awakening. Is this the thing that, that's rumored that the that the Awakening squads speak perfect English and carry American weapons?
0: Well, I guess it's Awakening Councils, according to this. Um, that's that's what I was reading. I've never about. heard of these people. And they, she just runs it off a of matter of fact. I mean, maybe oh, yeah. we just missed it. I mean, it's possible you can't remember everything. But you'd think that this, this, if these were the people that changed the course of Iraqi, you know, the future of Iraq, uh, we'd know more. Awakening, which is a Christian-sounding thing, <sighs> you know, the, the way, I think
2: the so I close. think the media has completely given up on reporting on these wars. It's too expensive to send people over. I mean, do you even hear about casualties anymore? Mm, well, yeah, once in a while, but very rarely. And yet, it's once not a, on a while, daily basis, no. But you'll see the report like more more servicemen and women killed this month than ever. You know, since the beginning of the war, you're just not hearing it. I think they've they've given it up.
0: So the woman who's reporting on the Awakening Councils is named Jamie and she has to do the report on jihad Jamie another phony baloney woman terrorist right. with who looks like a bimbo she looks more like like an old stripper and <laughs> with a long head with a uh, but they play the jihad, play this thing because because I think it's just funny that Jamie is reporting on Jihad Jamie
7: and new developments in the so-called Jihad Jane case. Authorities filing terrorism charges against another American, Jamie Paulin Ramirez, aka Jihad Jamie, accusing her of plotting to attend a terror camp. She was detained in Ireland last month as authorities investigated an alleged plot to kill a Swedish cartoonist.
2: I mean.
0: It's almost like The Onion wrote that story. Well, I here's mean, the, the, the line that got me. She was plotting. Plotting. Like, plotting. Like that's a, that's to a attend. Wait, wait. Thought crime. Plotting to attend. A terrorist camp. Let's listen How again. How do you plot to attend <laughs> one? You either attend one or you don't. I don't know. I'm going to plot to attend let one. Listen,
2: let me listen to that again.
7: Jamie, accusing her of plotting to attend a terror camp. She was detained in Ireland last month as authorities investigated an alleged plot to kill a Swedish cartoonist. And I'm Jamie Colby. Join me at 1 p.m. Eastern for America's News Headquarters. Now back to Forbes on Fox.
0: Uh, yeah. So yeah. they busted this woman for wait. How do you plot? This is like, well, I think I'm going to go to. Like I said, I'm plotting to a, go to New Orleans in in May. Ah, I'm you're an plotting. enemy combatant. What does plotting mean? Does it mean she ordered an airline ticket, or should you know? You know what I think it was. I think she went to a website. Ooh. A honeypot website. Ooh. And she asked for some information or, or she maybe she's doing a, you know, she looks more like a like a journalist than she looks like a Jihad Jamie. And I think she just went to a website. And I think there's honeypots all over the place. And she went in there. And if she didn't have a good excuse for the, re, you know, a good reason why they just throw you in the slammer. Now,
2: LaRose apparently spent long hours online in recent years while caring for her boyfriend's elderly father in a small eastern Pennsylvania town spending long hours online is a 10 is uh, uh, evidently plotting
0: yeah plotting <laughs> plotting she's got no money she's, she's taking care, she's taking she taking care of the- and, they throw, or- and they arrest her defame her and you know show her a picture i mean it's unbelievable what's going on it's inexcusable but but uh, now we reported about
4: is
2: it about-
0: against the law to plot? How do you even? You got, did, what I don't get you this is like one of those phony baloney crimes. It's like plotting to who's who's to say that you're that anybody can't be pulled down off the street if there's ever been online and they go over their you know their history and they oh it looks like you're plotting to attend a terrorist camp <coughs> and all you have really gone to is Maxim and Playboy and who knows what? Well, that's what the terrorists did before nine eleven. They were hanging out in strip bars.
2: I just got slipped a Mickey. Uh distracting news, the note says, Mistress of Tiger Woods, all posed for Vanity Fair magazine, yeah, we missed that one that's a good oh note. no, yes, oh yeah, all the mistresses posed all together for Vanity Fair magazine
0: <laughs> yeah well, whoever's behind this publicity stunt
2: <laughs> well, it's all about the golf season kicking off, doesn't it start tomorrow?
0: well, the masters, I
2: think yeah it's- the masters is tomorrow, isn't it April fifth or is it the fifteenth? I have no idea. It was I on don't five One for SA reflux. What's happening? Two for diabetes. What's happening?
0: Oh. That's you. That's you and that iPad. No, it's
2: not me and the iPad.
0: Just that's some playing we- random That's some clips.
2: website. No, no, no. This is me and the iPad. In the
0: morning.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's. what is, you know, maybe it was just a slow news day. I mean, we did, in fact, it was a slow news day because the planned uh, distraction got canceled. I was really bummed about it because I was all ready after you teased me with it on Thursday. Saudi Ar- was? S- Well, Saudi Arabia said that they weren't going to uh, uh, behead the Lebanese sorcerer. Oh,
0: yeah, the Lebanese sorcerer. I, I was
2: ready for, like, film at 11. I'm like, come on, let's see them chop this guy's head off for guessing something right and uh, they canceled it.
0: Well, here's the uh, Eric was just sent us a note saying uh, apparently we can expect this for the bull crap news of the week. Apparently one of Jesse James's skanks might be pregnant. <laughs> 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 oh, poor Sandra Bullock.
2: Uh, yeah, you know, I'm I'm starting to to change my uh, my thinking all this. You know, I think it's uh it is Sandra Bullock's fault and it is uh and it is uh, Elan Woods' fault. You know, the women always say, oh, if we ran the world... Well, women used to run the world. And uh, this is uh, back in ancient times. And men were basically doing two things. We were working for them, and we were screwing them. And that was our job. And that's why we can still produce... And reproduce into our uh,
0: well into our seventies. Do we have a? We need a a jingle for your uh, your take on history.
2: Well, this this is historical fact, John. Women look at look at Cleopatra, but even way before that, women were running were running the show. And then, of course, you know, men got really strong, and you know, they want protection. They let them take. They let us take over, but. (laughs) <laughs> they let us take over but men but men need certain things you know we need to at least have the illusion of hookers and blow you need to you need to keep our fantasies going and 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 the, i think these women forget you know there's all kinds of money involved and everything's great and we're all doing stuff and they think that the men are still just going to go oh, okay you know but we when the blood leaves our head to our penis that's it we can't think anymore so you've got to be, you know, you've you got to be at least you got to be us. more
0: loose structured, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you've know, you got to be like, hey, you know, like maybe I'll bring my girlfriend's over, if the, if you know. show aren't going to be too offended.
2: No, but I, uh, I think women who listen to this show, all 15 of them, I think they might agree to a certain point. Yeah, well, maybe. I hope so. Otherwise, we're down 15.
0: So uh which is a lot.
2: We're minus 15. Yeah, and they all donate. Yeah, <laughs> well, we'll that's see. the see. We'll <laughs> see. Women, I'd love to hear what you what you think about this Well, we haven't
0: heard any more from Heather and uh and the uh and the boyfriend. Uh, so. uh,
2: and and we uh, we don't have any groupies this week either. Hmm, disappointing.
0: No, I think we were, I think your groupie's going to peak out at 2. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> well, it's actually 3 if you think about it. Oh, oh I just got a, a boob shot. Yeah, we have a third groupie. Uh, so, uh, so I was listening to Sarkozy's speech at Columbia. Sarkozy shows up to have a bunch of meetings. He goes to Columbia and tells uh, us Americans what a bunch of that we have to. You know, this this keeps bringing up a, a clip that we played once before. I want to play it again. This this idea that the Europeans essentially want to take over the place, yeah, well, instead of it, doing it the yeah. old-fashioned way by you know attacking us <laughs> with with guns. With guns, and and then finding that we're a little, you know, we resist that. They're now just trying. They're just trying to 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 sucker us. They they figure they can outwit us because they're so much smarter than we are.
2: So where so where is Sarkozy now when he's doing this speech?
0: He's at Columbia University giving this talk. You can listen to Sarkozy one, which will lead to the next one. It's a, these are a little lengthy, but they're uh, because they're being translated by a woman who seems to be doing a rather good job of it.
2: Now, did uh, did Sarkozy have uh, his MK Ultra slave with him?
0: I didn't see. Uh, no, I don't think so. Old, no, a little Carla. I think Merkel was still back doing something else.
2: No, 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 I'm talking about Merkel. I'm talking about Carla Bruni,
0: man, as well. Oh no, I, Maybe, but she, <laughs> she wasn't on the stage, you know, flashing or anything. All right, here we go. Based
6: on what we in the Eurozone would be capable or not of doing, that is today's world. That is why when the decision was taken not to bail out Lehman Brothers, we would quite like to have been sounded out at the time and not simply told about it after the event that is what solidarity and interdependence means (laughs) a last question perhaps
1: wait a
2: minute he's sitting there going like hey you bastards you're taking down your economy and not telling us
1: about it
0: this is bad no the whole thing is ridiculous you know the funny thing is bolton's speech which contrasts with this guy uh, he makes an interesting point that uh I think it was Bolton, but it makes an interesting point that if there is an EU and you've got this crazy Belgian guy who's the president, kind of the Obama of the United States of Europe, he, does he that is. make Sarkozy like the governor of Massachusetts? Oh, just a, a quick
2: side note. Uh, so you're talking about Hermann von Rumpau. The, uh, yes, he is the Obama of Gitmo Nation uh, Europe, the United States of Europe. He is uh, about to uh, release a book of poems we don't need this poems wait 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 wait, wait, wait. <laughs> April 15th his book of poems uh by the way some people call him haiku hermon <laughs> which i think we need to adopt haiku hermon the president of the united states of europe would you like an example of one of his haikus
0: oh hit it
2: <laughs> three waves roll into port together the trio is home what?
3: <laughs>
2: Mickey's, Mickey's falling off her chair. <laughs> that's his haiku, man. That's his... Uh... <laughs> I know what haiku is, but that's high bad.
3: <laughs> In the morning.
2: Three waves roll into port together. The trio is home. Notice, well, maybe he was but talking not- about, uh, you talking about it's code. Know, the- it's code, man. Listen, it's the magic number three. It's about the third wave of the tsunami. It's about hookers and blow with the trio.
0: It's I total it was code. I about the, the female members of the navy are called waves.
2: Nah, it's all code, magic numbers, and the guy is a is a troll. Well, the guy man, is ha- a troll. Haiku, Harriman. All right, let's let's go back to uh, our Napoleon friend. Sarkozy. Bonjour, Monsieur le Président. Oh, bonjour. Bonjour, Lynn. bonjour, Monsieur le Professeur. <laughs> Did you have those in, in, in school, John? Your no. French lessons? Oh. Some people in the chat don't remember that one.
1: You made the point that in the 21st century, there needs to be a greater level of economic cooperation um, between all the countries in the world, not just you know, not just the countries that are on the Security Council, but that places such as Japan and Latin America don't have any real
0: spots there, and that their voices are not being heard. Okay, so, hold on a second. You know, you so what Sarkozy's going to propose? And by the way, he keeps making this threat that when the French take over the presidency of the of the of the um, EU, of, the, twi- of the, the Council Starfleet Command of the twenty. Um, He... He talks you know he, what they want to do, it seems to me is they want to water down the uh, Security Council, so there's like so many members on there that we don't have as much of an influence. It's all, it, this is all just aimed at, at at screwing us. Everything he says is and, and then he, they ask him about,, well, who would be on the thing you know who would be uh, members of the Security Council from like South America?" And, and he says, "Well, they should pick it th- themselves, and then he <laughs> tells which they should pick. He says, "Brazil, for example, <laughs> should be on, but they can pick it whatever they want but you wouldn't leave brazil out would you anyway did play it from you, know. <laughs> you made the argument
1: that they you know in the case of japan they lost the war it could also be said that africa and latin america are not being listened to for the simple reason that in recent history they were colonies <laughs> if the developing world is to have its voice heard in As,
2: talk about a journalist with an agenda by the way jesus Get, yeah. get beyond it, man. Get to your question. Oh, this new cooperation. What sort of framework do you
0: envision for that be com- becoming the case?
6: Well, for me, it's a simple system. Every part, every region of the world must have two to three representatives on the UN Security Council on a permanent basis.
2: Oh, this is the trilateral commission idea. This is the whole plan. Is is. We have uh, these regions, United States uh, of North America, United States of Europe, United States of Caribbean, United States of Asia. And then we all go up there and sit on our, uh, in, the, on the big, in the big tower and we call all the shots. That's what that is.
6: And every region of the world should be able to determine freely the basis freely? on which... They choose their two or three representatives. There again, the world doesn't need uniformity. Let me take the example of Latin America. Should it be Brazil? Should it be Argentina? Should they elect their representatives? Oh, that would be wrong. uh, To a permanent seat? It's up to them to decide. We, the international community, should say, look, what, what we want as permanent members of the security council uh, one or two people representing Latin America and choose them as you will it can be via elections it can be on a rotating basis it can be uh, a huge country like Brazil I mean how can you imagine running the affairs of the world without uh, the Brazilian giant sitting at the table so, for the African countries there are some 50 African countries
2: <laughs> stand by Africa you're about to get screwed bend over <laughs>
6: should the representative be South Africa which alone represents 40% of African GDP or the African economy, or a giant country such as Nigeria that has more than 100 million inhabitants, it's up to them to decide and determine it, it is not up to us. And my aim, my ambition is to fast track this one when France is in the presidency of the G20 and the G8. My- ah,
2: there it is.
0: Uh, we'll just when 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 we're in control, we're all going to screw you. Then it's all over. It's unbelievable. Um y- you can go to the next clip which is Sarkozy uh pushing world governance, uh which I also had, which also is a little this long, but it's, it's it's No, it's fascinating because you know
2: the thing that I like the most is that you don 't actually know what the guy is saying he's got like, he 's got some broad along for the ride, and she uh she's <laughs> translating it and Let me just these translators i've always worried about this you know Tony the guy who drives me to the airport when i 'm in San Francisco who drives like a beat up uh, town car yeah he's one of these translators for diplomats. Yeah, and, no, but and it's just like a dude, you know. He's like, he's like,
0: uh, you know. this woman seemed a little more adept than most because it seemed to be flowing better than some of those change the you know the verbs and nouns constantly but here he goes uh on this speech lasted forever so i had to find some good areas of it but this one is where he starts to push the glover, gover- ah, glover. Yeah, government so this one is basically this screw you the united states screw your dollar it's bogus and screw the fact that you're not like doing what we say you should do Here we go.
6: I simply add a last point here, which will be something that the academics might wish to mull over, which is that I'm calling for the establishment of a new international world monetary
2: system. We cannot go. Oh, nice. He's calling for it. Oh, do you hear that, John? Yes, yeah. he's calling, calling for he's it. He's calling for it. Continue
6: as we are. But my dear friends of the United States of America, the dollar is no longer the world's single currency. It is a very important currency, but it is not the only currency. Huh. The, the yuan.
2: Who's in the audience of this thing? Who's sitting there listening to this jabroni?
0: I, you know, it's at Columbia University, so I'm assuming it's a bunch of professors, a lot of journalists. I don't know why, what the point of it is. And, uh... I have no idea who's in the audience, but they're all nodding their heads a lot.
6: Oh, yes. The Chinese currency is an important currency. Part of your savings is in Chinese hands. So we have to come up with, we have to design a new international monetary order and decide ah. together on how to handle...
2: Yeah, I've been reading that one. as kind of the new meme. It's the monetary world order. It's, you know, it's like, oh, it has to be uh, monetary, which, of course, is more dangerous than... And calling for global governance—that's exactly what happened in Europe. Is they made one currency, one euro, and then everyone's like, "Oh, good, we don't have to change our money." And the before you know it, it's like, "What? Genetically modified crops? <laughs>
0: what? <laughs> it's what? Who approved that? What? Who's this I know, You know, the funny thing is, Europe was so adamant about genetically modified crops, and the next thing you know. It, it, they're legal! They're, <laughs> they're not legal, they're eating them up!
6: <laughs> they're in the can! ...and manage interest rates and how to regulate uh, a new international, world international uh, monetary order. That is Ugh. a fascinating discussion which I will push forward when we're in the presidency of the G20 and something which I will be talking about with President Obama. You see new world governance, a new international... There
2: was actually a fantastic photo. Uh, And I'll have to look it up as um, Sarkozy and Obama are running to a press conference in the white house they had i guess they had to go from one room to the other and they're running and they look like they're you know they're poised like superheroes you know like da 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 da, da and they're both running together there their, their their steps are bouncing you have to see it i'll put it in the show notes a monetary system
6: a new system to regulate commodity prices and a means a new ways of regulating the market economy
2: i, I can't listen to it anymore john no it's you got to you got to keep
0: listening Ugh.
6: and free trade That is what matters. That is going to shape the world in which you are going to be living. And that you will not build and design by simply reading the books that lay out the theories of the 19th century but by coming up with the ideas that we need for the 21st century
2: don't read books read Hermann's haikus don't read, any, don't read
6: any economic books, haikus will save us the excellent use in all of this is that today my dear friends, ladies and gentlemen we have, the world is our oyster, we can reinvent anything if we have the imagination and the cooperation that we need between Europe and the United States of America thank you for your attention
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, we are the world, meanwhile the guy can't keep his own country in check French uh, workers are threatening to blow up a factory in uh, Solimatex is the name of the, uh, the factory,
0: they make car rugs we can and, blow it up. Uh, and they and they love the french workers.
2: Yeah, they have petrol bombs near a huge gas tank and they're saying look, if you don't give us better wages then and better layoff compensation we're blowing this fucker high sky high. And of course, you know, no one buys french cars anymore, you know. And uh, there's a huge uh, unemployment rate higher than the United States in uh, France.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I know. But Sarkozy is going to be a big shot when he takes over the G20. Now, just give me this one clip of Bolton explaining global global governance, which I think segues nicely with what uh, Sarkozy
4: said. Herman von Rompuy, the former prime minister of Belgium, said in his inaugural address.
2: Why doesn't he just say the president of the United States of Europe? Why does it have to be former prime minister of Belgium?
4: Don't I don't you know. That's frightening. Ivan Rompuy, the former prime minister of Belgium, said in his inaugural address, which I'm sure you've all read, right? Uh, in his inaugural address in November of last year, he, he described 2009. That's I just got to stop there for a second. Did
2: you hear that? What he just did? What right. He said. In his inaugural address, which I'm sure y'all read, right? <laughs> you stupid idiots. <laughs> you didn't
4: read anything. <laughs> and everyone's like, yeah, that well, that's, real- that's, that's that's Bolton's weakness. <laughs> uh, in his inaugural address in November of last year, he, he described 2009... 2009- And I'm quoting, as the first year of global governance with the establishment of the G20 in the middle of the financial crisis. Yeah,
2: we actually talked about this on Thursday's show. This is what they're going to do. It'll all be managed by the G20. It's not going to be the United Nations, but the G20 is
4: the new Starfleet command. The climate conference in Copenhagen is another step toward the global management of our planet, close quote so this is the this is the attitude uh, the approach of many people who favor uh, moving toward global governance and so I think we 're entitled to ask uh, one year into the Obama administration what is the president 's view of American sovereignty how does he view uh, these issues uh, and I think we we can see already uh, that the president has President Obama has a very different view of american sovereignty than uh, the long line of presidents, certainly since uh, franklin roosevelt in some respects uh, he harks back to woodrow wilson uh, in his devotion to multilateralism as a process and as an outcome right multilateralism as in trilateral right well that's just tr- three laterals
0: do we well, try tri is
2: multi yeah, it's, more it is. Than, it's more than one
0: Whatever. But anyway, the point is, is that uh, we're they're setting this up to screw us.
2: So this is the type of analysis that we try to bring you on every single show. It takes a lot of time to put this together. And there was a an interesting uh, discussion thread at NoAgendaForums.com uh, about us calling out our national treasure, the uh, NPR as well as PBS... And I just want to set something straight. Uh, there, uh, both of those organizations do have some outstanding programming. No doubt about it. However, when you understand how they are funded, how they actually make money, you have to think about what they're not reporting on, not the things that they are reporting on. Let's, let's just listen one more time to the clip of the president of NPR and about their funding or rather, uh, the, the decline in their funding And what they actually call it
7: Okay, moving on to money How are NPR's corporate underwriting revenues Holding up in the recession And what about foundation grants
5: Um, two different stories Um Underwriting is, uh, corp- uh, underwriting is, is down. It's down for everybody. I mean, this is, this is the, this is the area that is most down for us is, is in, is in sponsorship, underwriting, advertising, call it whatever you want.
2: Exactly. Call it whatever you want because it is pure advertising. And although I enjoy watching, uh, Bill Moyer's, uh, Happy News Journal, I don't see a lot of news stories about General Electric, Monsanto, or Archer Daniel Midland's company who uh, sponsor, slash, underwrite, or advertise, whatever you want to call it, on those shows. And this is exactly the problem. It used to be from fine, upstanding citizens like you and from foundations. Now, on this show, we don't know how to get foundation grants, I, I wouldn't know how to do it. We've asked many times if someone can help us out. No one stood up and said, oh, yeah, I know how to do that. You know, I, I, I drive by the Getty every day.
0: Hey. Hey, when I, we, the likelihood of getting a foundation grant for this show is zero. Yeah. They would take it because they need a big, they need. Uh-oh. Oh, come back to me, John. Uh... So I have m- m- misguided foundations that we, I, on the next show we do on Thursday I'll have some uh, some kind of negative foundation information uh, in, involving the school system which is a I'm trying to deconstruct a huge speech that was given by this woman who wrote uh, this fantastic book her name is Diane Ravitch and she wrote the Death and Life of the American School System she's an ex uh, kind of an ex, she I think she was the Reagan administration the Education Department now she's apparently she's given up on all the conservatives because they don't they get their heads up. To their butts about the education, and she's given up on all the. I mean, she's, she's a amaz- is an amazing speech. Unfortunately, it's over an hour, and I have to take a few choice clips. But she blasts the uh, Gates Foundation for screwing up the education structure in the United States, and we'll get to that next week. This is the kind of stuff you really can't do with with foundations you've been sponsoring you we need public support in other words people who listen to this show have to say look is this is this two hours as as worth as much as me going to a movie and, and watching a, a movie i might not end up liking which i have to pay for in advance
3: yeah you
2: and, and, and you gotta buy uh 40 worth of popcorn and you sit in a dark room that's smelly
0: and you're forced to watch it in 3D with strangers. I mean, come on, come on. So we had to, you know, so it's, it's what's it worth to you? So this is why we ask for money. We do spend, uh, you know. Um 10 minutes, maybe a show at the most, right? And, you know, we, we don't interrupt the show necessarily or the flow of the show to do this. Uh, and which is another advantage, which I, the reason I don't like advertising at all because of the interruption factor and the fact that it's corrupting. So, you know, it's, it just think about it.
2: Well, the corrupting part is, is really the, is really the main point is it's just how it works. You know, you, you just can't go around doing a lot of stories when uh when the you can't bite the hand that feeds you
0: yes it is rude
2: and both John and I have been it's it is it is bad manners and both John and I have been in uh in mainstream media long enough and i and I think honestly John if we really wanted to just be broadcasting I'm sure we could get some menial gig
0: anywhere we wanted for some time well, we could probably get a job at Fox or someplace.
1: We
2: could
0: probably get a deal with, like... making more money than we make doing the show, but it would suck. Yeah,
2: and, yeah, hell yeah. It's like, oh, sorry, John, that was a really interesting thought, but let's break away for an important commercial.
0: Well, not only that, but the other problem with these big media outlets people should realize is that they're run by, as as, like somebody said, the friendly penguins. These suits you don't have any leeway. You can't really do your own show. I mean, you can't sit there like we do. We developed a show, you know, basically from the seat of our pants over time to, to what it is with all the jingles and all the other crazy stuff. And there's no way that we could do this in a in a structured environment because people are going to say, nah, you know, we did a focus group and they don't like the in the morning. Thing. What's that mean anyway? What is that all about?" In the, the morning. morning. Yeah, we don't like that. It's, it's really, a, by the
2: way, it's annoying and when you say the call letters go
0: w-a-n-b-c that's our that's our argument so let's thank some people that have donated i also want to uh, bring up something that that from one of our uh, donors from last week who had a couple of websites he wanted plugged and i'll plug them because they have to do with stuff that we talk about hempvideo.com Ooh dot uh, hempvideo.com and the ridleyreport.com, R-I-D-L-E-Y report dot com, one word. Um, I haven't looked at the Ridley report, so I don't you know, just check it out for yourself. Now this week we've got uh Besides our executive producers, we have uh, Zach Helensky from Fargo, North uh, North Dakota, who also wrote a shorter version of War and Peace. But he's (laughs) unemployed, beginning his graduate studies in ceramic art. By the way, Uh, we'll be looking out for that. And uh, he expects to get a job.
2: He, He says he does rely heavily on the show notes to spread the good word in an attempt to open the eyes of his family and friends. Which is, it's actually, it is a very good tool, and uh, we put, put a lot of uh, time and effort and spend a lot of attention on the show notes, uh, because these are usually stories from, you know, big media outlets that uh, people say, oh, that was in Reuters? Oh, it must be troop. Um And, you know, we can show you the conflicting reports, and it's all kind of nicely organized. So uh, thats a, it's a good tool to use, and we appreciate your uh, $99.99 donation.
0: Uh, Jason Williams in Pittsburgh, California, hundred dollars, and he's uh, actually donating for himself and Paul Nariman, and they're going to uh, do a night program. And also, uh, if Eric's listening, uh, check and see where Randy Asher's from, because I, I find it peculiar that on this list that we have Randy Asher listed as in Pittsburgh, California, and Jason Williams right under him as in Pittsburgh. I suspect there's something with the database there. And, uh, and if Eric, can and I don't also, think Randy's in Pittsburgh.
2: If uh, Eric can also uh resend the note there was some other person oh here it is uh, Firas Altibani. Oh he's on the list here. Uh double no fifty-two dollars and ten cents. We've uh, he's from Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. He's uh sitting on top of that trident uh sub there in the desert. And uh, I think we uh, we missed his donation in the past.
0: Give <laughs> the extra dollar to get our attention.
2: <laughs> yeah, here's an extra buck. Now
0: you'll mention me. Thank okay, you, Firas. Alt- right. Alt- Altibani. From uh, it's nice to have
2: people uh, checking in from the sand. Highly yeah, appreciate. Yeah, yeah, we got a couple of uh, foreign donations. I like that. It's good to see the foreign the foreigners back on.
0: Yeah, it helps. Uh, Matthew Chang, Los Angeles, uh, 6666. And he donated back on 3-3 and got a job interview the next day. You know, we're not making these stories up, by the way. People, you know, because we keep pushing this, but they keep telling us that this is going on. So that's, it is yeah, what and, it is.
2: And if, and if you've donated and haven't gotten a job, please let us know. I'd like to chart this out. We're doing charts of stuff on the show now to see over time uh, if some of these things, these trends are actually working or not. Uh, let us know if um, if you have donated in hopes of getting a gig, and it hasn't worked, because I have yet to receive a single one of those. All I get is, I donated next day, boom, interview. Donated next day, boom, got a raise. Donated next day, boom, got work. It's a karma
0: thing. Uh, Henry Cunningham in Hamilton, Ohio, who is a, a student, uh, apparently at uh, Cincinnati State. He actually calls our, our shows
2: semi-weekly lectures. What well, kind of lectures? He say finds lectures. them more educational, enlightening, and far cheaper than the crap served to me fresh from the assembly line here at <laughs> Cincinnati State.
0: <laughs> I love it. it. says, I hear that contributing to Adam's prostitute and cocaine habits increases your chances of employment in the morning.
2: <laughs> Wait a minute. Since it's when it's... does it become Adam's hookers and blow? Uh, what is all that about? Uh, <laughs> Come on,
0: Mark. <laughs> Curnow, uh in Acton, Australia, um, fifty-five fifty-five. Lawrence Donovan, Chicago, Illinois, fifty-five ten. Ryan Lee, Ashland, Kentucky, fifty-five ten. Alan uh, Asaf uh, in Bristol, Virginia, and it's pronounced Alan Usaf. No, so I got that wrong. I followed you too since the '80s when John was the world's greatest columnist and Mac. You know, anyway, it was Mac User by the way, not Mac world. And, I,
2: and you might as well read the whole note. And when Adam was the coolest VJ on MTV. Yes,
0: thank you. Huh. So, uh, <laughs> of course, we mentioned Firus or Firus El Tabani. Yes, in Ridia.
2: And John, we have. It's a
0: Eric Beeson, Bristol, Tennessee. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You're walking on it.
2: You're walking oh. on it. You're stepping on it, man. Now, there you go. It's new. It's fresh. I get it. It's all right. Yeah. All right, yeah. Eric Beeson donated $50 uh, to the show uh, to his friend, John Hoibour. Uh, little joke there. Oh, he's a douchebag. Just kidding. He says, John Hoyboer, happy birthday on behalf of your friend, Eric Beeson.
0: Okay. about Rudolph uh oh brother. Leutner. Um fifty bucks. No, I'm sorry it's thirty three bucks. It's, uh Stephen Costello, that's what I'm looking for. Haywards Heath West Sussex, uh fifty bucks, and uh that's it. We did have one more that uh showed up somewhere that I with it in a, from some town in that I that's almost impossible to pronounce. And I'll get to that next Thursday after well, my, I look at it. My up. favorite donation was
2: from Nate Friedman uh, from California, who sent us six cents. <laughs> Here's the grand total of my PayPal account. I have not donated yet because com. My budget is quite tight right now, but as soon as I can, I'm going to get my knighthood. Hold on to one of those rings for me. Speaking of which, John, how are we doing on the design?
0: Uh, we didn't make any progress in the last four days. Okay, uh, you got
2: the whole family there, though, right? So this is a, a Dvorak family effort, I believe.
0: Yeah. Okay. So PaypalSucks.com, coincidentally is the uh, run by uh, the guy who runs the, the who's a sysop for uh, Dvorak Uncensored blog, oh. uh, Mark Perkel. He well, hates hates PayPal. Yeah, they do kind of blow,
2: but uh, it's kind of working.
0: It's a me- mechanism that
2: works. And uh, I got a note here. We need to read Henry Cunningham. Uh, we just read that one. Uh, Eric's not on the ball. He's a little off. Stop feeding those kids cognac, man. That's no good it's for. good it. for him. Hey, let's uh, take a look at our knighthoods for today, John. Yes. Who, was our, who was our first knight?
0: <clears throat> well, we can go with. Uh, we can start with uh, CB in Tokyo. Okay, unsheath. You ready?
2: CB in Tokyo. Kneel before us as we now knight thee, Sir C.B. in Tokyo.
0: Our next knight, charm? John Trainer, Sir John Trainer.
2: Okay, we have a couple of Sir Johns. Uh, Sir uh, John Trainer, kneel before us, bow thine head. Do you take the oath to help all damsels in distress and to hit all adversaries in the mouth? Then we hereby, Knight B, Sir John Trainer. Please join the Knights at the No Agenda Roundtable. Enjoy our hookers and blow. And we have more, don't we? Yes, Alex Vanderhengst. Oh, my goodness. From Springfield, Tennessee. Alex Vanderhengst. come on over. Neil. Ooh, John, your sword is shiny today. Alex Vanderhengst. We hereby, Knight B, Sir Alex. Of uh, the Knights of the Noagenda Roundtable, you too shall enjoy our hookers and blow with a ring forthcoming. And, uh, okay. Randy? Well,
0: I'm sorry. Who's next? I wanted to say one more thing about Vanderhengst. Der Hengst. Yes. He lived in Holland for ten years and he wants me to say on the air his the, the, the town name, <laughs> which I'll attempt to do, because he wants to think he thinks I'm going to botch it horribly. And it's spelled W-A-D-D-I-N-X-V-E-E-N. I would assume you know how to pronounce it. Yes. I would guess it to be uh Voding. <laughs> John, f- turn your head over here.
3: Wuddingsfane. <laughs> 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 <more
2: time. laughs> uh, how far off was I? Nah, not bad. Fucking yeah. v- Wuddingsfane. Okay. And uh, do we have another night? Is is Randy a night today? I thought we made Randy a night last show. Uh, no. Randy Asher? I, uh, now I don't know.
0: No, I think Randy's going to have to do one more artwork, and then he'll be a night. Okay.
2: Uh, so these are our knights of the No Agenda Roundtable. To re- to reach knighthood status, a number of things have to take place. First, your total dona- donations must equal one thousand dollars, or if you do three payments of three hundred and thirty-three dollars and thirty-three cents, we kick in the extra penny. Uh, you will be receiving a hit him in the mouth in the morning a seal net ring for the knights of the No Agenda Roundtable, um, and it uh, and there are some. You know there are some responsibilities that come along with the knighthood, which uh, consist of uh, helping people in general, helping damsels in distress, hitting foes in the mouth, and uh, be- <laughs> and being ready to help us when when they come for us. Because yeah. you know yeah, it ain't going to take, take long come for us. You got to
0: <laughs> give us a break. <laughs>
2: yeah, for sure. Uh, please uh, support our show. We've given you all the reasons why. It's show dot com, but to go directly to the sponsorship and support links, dvorak dot org slash na. Or if you want to become a sustaining producer and receive credit uh, on that site, noagendastream.com, dot com. It is dvorak dot org slash nas.
0: And the backup site is Dvorak dot com slash na. Yes. If you can't get to the dvorak site.
2: I got a. It was a pretty interesting PR idea from uh, one of our listeners. Oh, by the way, if you uh, if you're a producer, associate uh, executive producer, or executive producer, or a PR associate, uh, then um, please consider putting that in your email signature.
0: That seems to be a big one these days. People uh, yeah. will actually write. Yeah, down, I always get a kick. I get the mail and said, oh, one yeah. of our producers."
2: Exactly. I'm producer of uh, and and the and the show number. They're producer of. You should actually put a link to that as well in your uh, in your email signature. Uh, one of yeah. our listeners said, you know, here's a great PR idea. You know, we all have a pencil and we all have to take a dump. So whenever you're in a <laughs> public,
0: <laughs> you're in a public bathroom.
2: Yeah. Write no show dot com on the wall. <laughs>
0: if you don't now, have a sticker, you can use.
2: Yeah. Oh, the stickers are good. There's lots of great stickers out there.
0: People. Are, yeah. We're uh, going to have to put up a site. We place. should be no. Somebody should get us no agenda stickers. Ooh, we do need that. Don't we? Dot com and just post these things and people can print them themselves.
2: Ah, um,
0: the law of the land meme cropping up in two different forms. I saw. Here's a classic. You want to hear this one? The law of the land meme cre- crept over into the sports world, and there's some new rule in the NFL, and they said they called it the law of the land.
3: What? I'm telling you, you I cracked up.
0: <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that new regulation is now the law of the land. A, it's a football rule. Well, so you know,
2: my whole thinking behind this is that whenever it comes to a constitutional uh, or law that might uh, uh, might conflict with the Constitution, then it's immediately called law of the land. Uh, it's been used for the uh, Federal Reserve Act uh, and now for uh, the Healthcare Act. Uh, but also, uh, Lyndon Johnson used it in the 60s when uh, putting Medicare and Medicaid into place. He said, this is now the law of the land, which I thought was very interesting, since that was huh. also, uh, uh, at the time, I would presume that was uh, deemed as perhaps unconstitutional. Hmm. But then here's this uh, this congressman from Illinois.
0: I oh, love I hate to interrupt you, but since we just got... There is a NoagendaStickers.com site already. Oh, good. Anyway, go good, go good, ahead. Good.
2: Um, so this is uh, what uh, Phil Hare. He is a Democratic congressman from Illinois. He's being grilled by a number of uh, constituents about the constitutionality of uh, health care. And, and I, I don't really even care to get into that. We've discussed it ad nauseum. But it is very interesting when he gives his take on that. Uh, Well, I know,
1: but I'm trying to finish the point. And the point is, is that for me, when, when a little boy, yes, I know. Well, this this is important stuff. These are people's lives. It's people's children. It's when you take your child to the hospital and you think it's really bad and your heart is bumping and bumping and bumping and bumping while you're, ch- while you're waiting for the doctor to tell you what it is. And then the doctor comes out and says it's going to be okay except you don't have insurance and you're stuck with a ten dollars or $15,000 bill and your heart starts bumping And What am I going to do? I talked to a woman that, that does bankruptcies, a good friend of mine that's an attorney.
7: Why Monday before economy? I left, they said this to her, "This happening
1: with the economy." Well, look, we've got we're to curious. lose more doctors. Where we're in the constitution? We are. Yeah. I don't worry about the constitution on this, to be honest. I,
2: <laughs> I don't worry about the constitution. <laughs> yeah, who worries about the constitution?
0: <laughs> Why worry about that? By the way, that? how many? How often does somebody take the, doc- the kid to the doctor to a hospital or whatever, and the doctor says the kid's okay, and then you're stuck with a fifteen thousand dollar bill?
2: Yeah, exactly. Kind the kid's, of an kid's okay. And here's a bill. <laughs> you know, and and. And I'm still waiting. You know, we're seeing pundits. We're seeing politicians. Could I please see one of the 32 million people who are happy? Could you please just show, just show me a hundred of them? Just show me a little group of people who are going, Yay, I got health care. There's nobody. No one's getting anything. I don't, I don't understand. How come we can't show these people? Show me someone who, who's going to be happy that they'll get it in 2014. Just show me One. One. They don't show it to you because it's not there. And the president, meanwhile, he's walking around. He's going everywhere. He's selling the bill. And um, I don't have a – well, I do have a soundbite of it, but it's 17 minutes long. Uh, Uh, You
0: know, he's got to cut down his –
2: Yeah, a a woman asked him at the rally, I think, in uh, Pennsylvania or Portland. Portland, probably. Uh, you know, so uh, this is going to raise our taxes, right? And he goes into this 17-minute answer. doesn't answer the question uh, about, uh, you know, all kinds of non-sequiturs. He just doesn't answer the question. And, and And the thing that bothers me the most is this incessant, oh, it's going to lower our deficit by $1 trillion in two decades because the um uh, you know he made the mistake of saying in one decade but the uh the congressional budget office i think that's who determined it right the cbo they said yeah. it's possible it could lower it in the second decade but we don't project past 10 years so he's taking quite a bit of liberty with this uh lower by a trillion dollars in uh in two decades and by and, and in two decades if we're alive
0: <laughs> <sighs> yeah we're not being run by the french next week uh the
2: uh it could be as early as next week we could start to see our new taxes on carbon emissions because of course you know climate gate didn't really exist there was no covering up of uh decline in temperatures no no let's just keep pushing through as uh as if nothing happened nothing has happened it looks like the epa the environmental protection agency will declare as early as next week of course, they've already officially declared uh, carbon dioxide as a dangerous global warming gas. Get rid of your plants. Cut down the trees. They're emitting poison. And uh, they will be given the uh, the fiat, the go-ahead, if you will, to start imposing taxes on carbon, which will be uh, billed as a uh, pollution tax. They're trying to get rid of the cap-and-trade and all those uh, memes that didn't work that have got a... A bad rap. So be on the lookout for news about pollution.
3: How
0: come when we had like real air pollution in this country, and we still do in some areas? There was never a tax like this. Real pollution. I'm not well, talking about you know carbon dioxide, which is a natural product that is part of nature, but, uh, comes and goes. You breathe it out when you breathe it out, and the plants breathe it in. Uh, why? Why was there never a tax on real pollution when we had real pollution problems?
2: Because uh, we didn't have uh, 23 trillion dollars of debt that we can't pay back i mean in i think in in four or five years our entire the entire taxes raise so like you know trillion bucks whatever it is uh we raise in taxes annually uh will go to paying interest we've we've got the worst credit card deal in history it'll just be interest we'll never be able to pay it down so you know something's got to give and so we need we need the money i have a a quick one uh from the... Our department known as Shadow Puppet Theater There's a big uh, race on in California for the next governor of California. Meg Whitman, if you've uh... well, I don't think you like, John. I don't dislike Meg Whitman. Oh you will. Well You will when I'm done with this. I'm... Did you know that uh, she was on the board of directors for Goldman Sachs in 2001 and Yeah, 2002? I did know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And that she actually was fined $3 million for spinning, which is not sitting on the bike riding real fast without moving anywhere. But that is uh, a trick. You can do at an IPO where you're given shares as an insider before the public can get it. And then you basically sell them at the offering. It's a... Uh, it's an illegal practice, and she was fined $3 million. Uh, she, uh, she hasn't this, got a uh, chance of
0: winning this thing. I mean, I've had all these people say, I would just say, tell you right now, Jerry Brown's going to win this election. It's not, no doubt in my mind. Is he a good guy? He's a dingbat. <laughs> okay. So we're screwed. What doesn't California? I don't, have- I don't necessarily believe that's true. He's been in the government so long, and he's so old that he doesn't have any reason to, to, you know, to worry about his future or anything else. And he'll probably actually fix things because he knows where all the bodies are buried. He knows everybody who knows anyone. He's works with all the, the most corrupt people in the Democratic Party. will he, be; they'll be on board with him, and he'll, he can just fix things. I'm telling you, I, I just have the sense of it. I would like it's you to take nothing to lose. I'd like you the to most take,
2: dangerous kind of Democrat. <laughs> I'd like you to take a look at this picture. These satellite images. I'm skyping it to you right now. Because, um, as uh, you know, I'm all over harp and uh, and turning on the earthquake machines. There's been uh, a set of amazing patterns on radar over uh,
0: Australia, known as Gitmo Nation, down under. This is somebody. <laughs> This is an April Fool's game. No, it's not.
2: No, it's not. It is not an April... This has been... They've been reporting this for several weeks now. This started back in, uh, in January and uh the bureau of what do they call it down there
0: uh, no yeah. let me read people the subheads mysterious shapes appear on radar bureau of meteorology say it's interference which is what it looks like and not well, yes of course audited. it's
2: interference from harp they there and conspiracy
0: theorists are buzzing and here we got one now with us mr adam curry <laughs> Look, he's buzzing.
2: Yeah, I am because you know, yes, of course it's interference, but this is radar interference doesn't necessarily look like, you know,
0: ninja stars. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's like a ninja Can star. Can somebody
0: who do, who's making these patterns use use the No Agenda logo?
2: <laughs> that's what we need. Now we, but not, now we got something. Yeah. Hey, Harf guys, could you please project like the No Agenda bat signal over Australia when you're trying to or cause earthquakes in Japan? Because that's what they're doing. Uh, it's described as the ring of fire, which is... Uh, a bizarre red star over Broom January twenty second. Sinister spiral burst over Melbourne. This is weird. It's you have to admit, it's not like your typical uh, radar disturbance. John. Well if it's not an April Fool's gag. It's not. It's not an the, the Bureau of Meteorology uh, the is, should will
0: be people should link to this. He's gonna Adam, I'm sure, is going to highlight this in the show notes because yes, it's definitely old. yeah and by the way people you should subscribe to the show notes because eventually we're going to put them on a newsletter and it'll be the easiest way to get them so and there's a subscription uh, box at the bottom of the curry.com site and i think on the no agenda show do you have it on there too
2: yeah, oh yeah, uh, uh, noagendashow.com. Uh, the only place I can't do it is at no com because the, they won't accept the JavaScript or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, I did kind of like what's going, over, going on in uh, Google Deutschland, uh, Google, do- Gitmo Deutschland, Google Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a story about Google. We can only hope. Well, I, I, I like what the Germans are doing. So I, I, I have to say, when it comes to the United States of Europe, I love what the French are doing. They're like, hey, we're going to blow up the factory. <laughs> it's like, we, we need some more of that over here. Like, we're going to blow up the factory if you don't give us what we want. And in in, uh, in Germany, and I have to say, I don't like these Google cars. I don't like Google Street View. I see no benefit to it. I don't see, uh, you know. I don't use it. I don't. Know, do you use it, John? Is it really incredibly handy for some well, reason? Well, you know
0: where it comes. You know where it comes in handy. It's and it's happened a couple of times. And when you're using the, there's all Google is actually thinking in more long term that. Uh, um, with more long-term strategy than I think a lot of people want to give him credit for it. And with the Google, those little cars that drive around. So I'm I'm using the Google Nexus One. I punch in for turn-by-turn instructions to go to somebody's place. And I punch in the address, and I drive and drive and drive. It says, you have arrived at your destination, and you look on your phone, and there's a picture of the person's house. Okay, so... I don't know. So, if use you're that. looking at many times, and I'm saying this is valuable because many times, especially nowadays, there's not enough guys painting the, you know, the, the, the addresses on the curbs anymore. You don't need, there's mailbox. People don't keep their, you know, they don't have a light on their, on their address. You don't know which house it is. You have to right. kind of figure it out. Well, there's 36, there's 38, there's right. 42. That must be 39 here. You have to guess. Right. And you always little uh, okay, so, so, so what you're you say,
2: You could just say, "Yes, I see some benefit to it." We 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 get the idea. Uh, the Germans, however, Do you think my
0: long-winded explanation is a good one.
2: No, the Germans, however, remember these uh, groups. What are they called? Uh, oh yeah, the Nazis and uh, the Stasi, secret police. And they remember, you know, like privacy is kind of an important thing, and so they're not too hot on these. Uh, on these Google cars driving around with cameras. And so they're basically sabotaging them. <laughs> like uh, Who are they, How are they sabotaging them? Uh, here, here, um, an employee found the note under the windscreen saying, please do not drive away. You have a puncture. <laughs> and they had punctured the tires of, uh, of the Google, of the, of the uh, Google vehicle. Car. Yeah. I saw one of these driving on the road the other day here in California. It's just like, what? You know, just 'cause just because Google doesn't mean I'm going to like it.
3: Yeah. Well, you know,
2: and, you know, we've got all these, oh, man. Not the pre-
0: Europeans are more likely to object to this, and I don't blame them.
2: Yeah, because they're right, because they have some history. Yeah. Uh, actually, I do have some good news in that regard. But first, um, you've probably seen uh, Napolitano on some of the news shows now talking about the enhanced uh, security measures that will be put into place at U.S. airports. So, of course, uh, we're talking about the naked body scanners. That's one. Um, And now uh, they're also going to do lots of secondary checks. They're going to be looking at you, profiling you, basically, saying, hey, I think uh, we need to talk to you. Um, Let me see. What was the other? There was one. Oh, oh, and this was pretty interesting. So you have this CNN article about the full. And so the... So there's like, oh, these these full body scanners, you know, they're really good. Look at what we found. And they show you five pictures. They show you a little bag of crack, uh, a little bag of Coke, a bag of weed, a bag of probably ecstasy pills, and uh, a pouch with five joints. Hello, that's my business.
0: Now they're, th- now, this now they're year is not drugs? supposed to be used for anything other than spot terrorism and their weapons and the rest of it they out and out said this a jillion times that we're not looking for your drugs we're not looking for this we're not looking for contraband we're not looking for your notes we're not looking you know to go this is bogus then
2: yeah but this is what they're doing they're showing the actual pictures are. proudly of oh look we've got all your drugs because that's what the scanners are really for, to to throw
0: you in jail. And the TSA has no rights to do that, do they? No, they're specifically told not to do that.
2: Well, they're now being specifically told to do that. And uh, we got a note from... No, you know
0: of- the way it works. They're told not to do it, and they they do the scan. And then they uh, look at it and say, hey, that, doesn't that look as suspicious? And then they go, uh... A crowd of cops, when in to, and they yeah. s- tell somebody else, the, the local police that happen to be in the airport too, if you haven't noticed. And, you know, there's a bunch of cops are roaming around, and they just grab you as you come up the escalator, just on suspicion. And you're it's, in fun- the airport. It's, it's
2: funny because back in the day when, when I was smoking weed, you know, I'd, I'd carry all the time, not internationally. Oh, I've done that as well. Um, but it'd carry all the time and people would say, Oh man, what are you doing? I said, No, they are not looking for drugs, they're looking for guns and explosives. And I there would never be a problem, ever. But now these these body scanners, which by the way, although it's a CNN report, um, you know, that they've now requested documents under Freedom Information Act and we already knew this, of course. Uh, the actual tender for these body scanners says it must be able to store images, even though we keep getting told, oh, we'll never store images. That's bull.
0: Yeah, there'll be a book out with everybody's, you know, a bunch of images of, you know, weird fat looking guys and guys with, you know, big schwances and hot women with, you know.
2: Well, I have a theory. You know, these things are actually called 3D imaging. Right? They're called 3D imaging scanners? Yeah, they are. Um, Wouldn't it be interesting if you have all of these 3D images of people, you can basically go and create movies. If you have all this data, you can create movies with real people.
0: I think it's going to be mostly used to do uh, statistical analysis of the public at large.
2: You're all fat. (laughs) You're all fat. (laughs) Trevor, one of our listener producers, uh, sent in a note. I'm traveling a lot lately and noticed the new uniforms and shiny gold badges on the mag and bag stormtroopers. <laughs> I like that mag and bag stormtroopers. And instead of uh, these badges saying TSA exclusively, many of them now read CAS. So I asked one of the stormtroopers what CAS is versus TSA. I recognize the woman. She used to be a red coat security person. She said TSA has subcontracted the CAS company to do the work of the TSA. So CSS is Covenant Services Worldwide and it's actually Covenant Aviation Services, uh, Aviation Security, I'm sorry. And from their website at covenantsecurity.com, exclusively dedicated to the aviation community to provide total security solutions in the protection of our nation's airways and travelers. We provide quality services, including airport screening, individualized products and services, and multifaceted integrated project designs and installations. So, for a Department of Homeland Security, which is huge, they just built a $2 billion complex. They've got hundreds of thousands of people working for them. We still have to... To to contract out this work,
0: you know, there was a uh, we we talked about this a, co- a few months ago when we had a, a C span report and then they said they had something like two hundred thousand contractors. It's unbelievable.
3: TSA. Yeah,
2: and you and you look at the website and it's yeah, and by the way, they're at SFO. Is their base San Francisco? Of course, there's no information. Mission first, customers always. TM. There's oh, no. This
0: is part of the government program. <laughs> Sorry. This is part of the government program to outsource anything that where there's liability issues.
2: Oh, here we go. I uh, uh let's see. Robert L Cole is the CEO. He possesses more than 26 years of extensive experience. It's in his pocket. Let's see. Oh, he's from Chicago. Okay. The president, Gerald R L Berry. Let's see where he's from. This is where you got to look at people. You got you got to look at where these people are coming from. So he was with uh, the FAA. Okay, he's a total insider. (sighs) He holds a Department of Defense secret clearance. Ooh, that's nice. These are all like Gitmo dudes, man. This is amazing. Thomas Long, Executive Vice President. He is actually in charge of the CAS. That's the airport security. Let's see what he's been doing. Oh, yes like so these guys are
0: a division of Blackwater.
2: Well, they are essentially a type of Blackwater. It's unbelievable that we're that we're sourcing all this stuff out to these So people.
0: we're outsourcing of, uh TSA jobs, people who wear badges, which means they're basically small cops if they're <laughs> not working for the government. Uh, this is what happened like in San Francisco. They've, they've outsourced all the parking meter stuff yeah. to some company, some yeah. dipshit company. And they just hand it, to, you know, they hand out tickets. Those meter maids work for the city and they hand out the tickets and all that stuff's collected by a third party. And, and you can't protest. You can get a, you know, wrongful ticket. The courts won't deal with it because oh, it's a third, those we got nothing to do with it. This is ab- abrogating responsibility. The government is doing this over and over and over again. And when they talk about all this money going to uh, you know, the government workers, it's actually going to these contractors. And the workers are actually getting screwed, I'm sure, compared to if they actually work for the government. And then the government doesn't worry about liability if one of them goes crazy and starts shooting up the place. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's easy that way. Can't sue the government. Oh, they're contractors. Oh, they're terrible people. We fired them. Of course, they never fire them.
2: So uh, just on uh, Popegate because we have to. Um. Uh, this is uh, this is an unbelievable video. Uh so there's there's you know this is ongoing about uh, the cover up that uh, the Pope covered up that he knew that uh, this priest was being reinstated. Ah. Ah, the hell freaking roll over pop up crap. <laughs> uh. Should make clips. So, yeah, well i yeah, right um so first of all the us bishops have uh, very quietly reinstated the accused priests in our own us based scandal they've just been reinstated uh there's uh, amazing accounts of um vatican officials saying hey you know you need you need to respect the uniform that is our cloth but this blew me away. This is, I think, on uh, Larry King Live. So on the show, we have Sinead O'Connor. You remember Sinead O'Connor was the beautiful, bald uh, singer who did Nothing Compares to You, which was a Prince song, was number one all over the world. And then she she kind of just freaked out. and uh, She went crazy. Yeah, she, she grew her hair back, and now she looks like a housefrau. And uh, so she's on Skype. Then we've got, um, who's this guy? Uh, Bill Donahue have you ever heard of him? No. So he is uh, he he defends the church wherever he can. So uh, the the show is clear, right? We've got Sinead O'Connor. She's in Ireland, where this uh, the most recent uh, pedophilia scandal has taken place, and she's like, "Whoa, you know, she's she's obviously crazy," and you know, she's the one that uh, ripped a picture of the Pope on Saturday Night Live. You remember that? Yeah. She was onto this way back when. I'm talking like uh, '90s, maybe even '80s. So I want you to listen about how this Bill Donahue defends pedophilia. It's quite amazing. Let's William read. Donahue,
0: is it going to get better before it gets worse?
1: Oh, it's, it's already gotten better. The timeline of the damage was the mid-60s to the mid-80s. But uh, Ratzinger's taken a number of important steps. It's harder for practicing homosexuals to get into the priesthood, and that's a very good thing. It's harder. Not impossible. It's just harder. There's more hoops
2: to jump through.
1: But it's not impossible. Uh, like Father said before, we've only had six cases of allegations in the last year or so. Uh, I- I'm very en- encouraged about the future. I just hope that the other religions and the public schools will look at the Catholic Church today as a model of excellence because we have a lot to teach them. <laughs> Sinead, are you optimistic?
3: I I feel that maybe we might have got somewhere tonight in this idea that per- let's. Let's say, for argument's sake, there was no cover-up, despite what the reports say. If that's true, then the Pope and the Vatican and Catholicism have been brought into disrepute by those members of the clergy over the decades who did not go to the police. And so, accidentally, unwittingly, another crime is actually being committed by the Vatican, which is that they have not reported these people, they're harbouring criminals by accident then. These people have covered up crimes of child abuse.
2: By the way, I love how calm she's, she's doing this. This is, re- this is really good, and she's trying to be not pissed off, and she's really explaining it clearly. Very good with the stuff she's doing here, but the outrage is about to come.
3: ...covered up the yeah. cover-up. They brought Catholicism into disrepute. If that's true, then they should be told in the morning by the Vatican. Every one of them who covered up, go to the police and turn yourselves in for execution. Right.
1: Well said, Thomas. Uh, Bill is good, but you cannot link homosexuality to a pedophilia crisis in the Catholic Church.
3: It's not a pedophilia.
1: So Most for- of the victims are post-pubescent. <laughs> uh, you got to get your I, facts straight. A- I'm sorry. I'm, if I'm the only one who's going to deal with facts tonight, then that'll be it. The vast majority of the victims are post-pubescent. That's not pedophilia, buddy. That's homosexuality.
2: So, <laughs> So he's saying... This was homosexuality, not pedophilia, because the vast majority of these children were post pubescent. It means what? They're 11? Well, let's, Sinead O'Connor should be on our show, John, because she asked this very question.
1: Bill, I, I don't think, as a, as a person of faith, that you really know what you're talking about when it comes to. Uh, it's the John a victim Jay study, study of survivor. criminal justice, but it's not my system. It's not in my opinion. Take a look at the social science data. What's I never said difference? that most homosexuals are that way. No, you just said that they've cut I have down homosexuals. Quick yes, do you I mean, have you? Shanae, homosexuals. quickly, want to get in. Sinead, go ahead quickly.
3: Can I can I just ask very quickly with that gentleman, I'm sorry, I don't know your name, sir. Could you I'm not quite sure what postpubescent means. Would you mind explaining that to me? Explain what? What does post-pubescent, post-pubescent. mean? Post pubescent. What does postpubescent, post-pubescent means mean beyond puberty.
1: puberty? Okay? In other words, you're an adolescent. And that's what homosexuals do, and most of the molesters have been homosexuals in the Catholic Church? So the the boys deserved it because they're post-pubescent. Now, if you want to take that conclusion, I think that's scarless. I never said that. Why would you say that about homosexuals?
3: Sorry, Larry. (laughs) Yeah. Larry, what age does somebody become, uh, you know, post-pubescent in America as a matter of interest? What is
1: the age?
4: Uh, I, I don't Larry. know. I, let's ask what Bill. They, he seems to be the guardian of most modesty. Okay, I tell you what, folks. thirteen years
1: of age. Look, all I'm saying, <laughs>
2: 12, 13 hey, and it's all cool, man. They're just gay.
0: <laughs> unbelievable. The guy is outrageous. And this Shinedo guy's been Con- on a bunch of different shows. Sinead
2: O'Connor actually has her hands in her hair and is tearing it out now
0: on screen.
2: This is like what? This is like the guy is unbelievable.
0: You yeah, know that character has been on almost all the talk shows as a, an apologist for the church. Where's he's he the coming hit man. from? He he's coming come out there from? and he makes, but his, but it's terrible. He doesn't even. He's like blowing it.
2: It's it, 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 beyond blowing it. It's it's just it's unbelievable. And now, and you watch this come out, the Boy Scouts of America. I mean, the jokes have been around for a hundred years. But the Boy Scouts of America are sitting on something they call the uh, perversion files. There are, apparently are 20,000 pages of documented testimony and evidence about fiddling going on in the Boy Scouts of America. Which, by the way, is a group that Obama supports wholly because you know they're all being trained to take away your guns. <laughs> it's unbelievable this thing is is blowing wide open it goes to the upper echelons of the elite. yeah and that's
0: why it's never going to blow wide open by your own theory yeah you're probably right but it's uh, people do need to be
2: aware of it yeah awareness is a good thing Hey, your printer is spying on you potentially, John. This was an interesting piece of tech news that uh, I, I don't think is well documented. But we have a lot of uh, sysadmins and network admins and programmers and engineers out there. I'm going to put this link in the uh, in the show notes. This is uh, I don't you don't know if you heard about this. Early no, last, actually. Well, early last year was discovered that a webcam attached to your computer could be activated remotely. Of course, we know that. But did you yeah. know your printer can spy on you? A computer technician name withheld by request which I don't This like. isn't
0: a, this, is, this, this, this didn't run on April 1st now, did it? Um no. No. Uh let me see if I can
2: find when it was. Oh. Happy April Fools Day. Okay. Ta-da. Good. I saved your butt. Thank you. They just put that up, apparently. I'd, I'd look for the April Fool's joke. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate that. So, as we wrap up... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let me tell you, there is hope. Let me do a good news story, then. All right. There is a good news story. Um, Judge Von Walker, uh, who was hearing the case, uh, which is known as the Al Haramain versus Bush, has ruled for the plaintiffs and against the U.S. government... On a motion for summary judgment, which essentially means the government has no case, this was the uh, warrantless wiretap. So at least one judge has said, you had no warrant, you had no right to do this, this was illegal, and he's throwing. he wants to throw the, the case out. And uh, I'm happy about that. Although I'm sure this is going to be just a, a small drop in the bucket, but yeah, it's, all, no, it's always it's, just, it's always hopeful when you see stuff like this. It's like, okay, that's nice. Uh, I'm I'm happy to see that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm not. Uh, yeah, I think it's good. So, uh, at the after we're done signing off, I want uh, to play uh, John Bolton's little uh, diatribe on sovereignty. Um, part of his speech that he gave to the Heritage Foundation, which both uh, uns- oh, here it is
2: on sovereignty. Okay. Yeah. Good. On
0: sovereignty, too. And, uh, and then there's, uh, we also have, we're talking about the charter schools and the rest of it. Oh, uh, nice. Next week, if you want to play a pre, a kind of a, a teaser, you want you can play the NAEP education clip, which is uh, part of the talk. Uh, it was an interview actually on c-span with Diane uh, Ravitch, and there's a, two pieces of information in this little clip that are quite interesting, and what would something we're going to have to discuss. Now, this is going to be a little lengthy uh, discussion when we do it in the, uh, the next show, but it's uh, people need to be aware of what's going on. And let me just put it this way: No child left behind. Is screwing us all so what does naep stand for uh the national it's a, it's a it, well she ex- it's explained in the clip
7: very briefly tell tell uh people who are watching what what nape is you were you used to be on the board that governed this
5: okay. and it's a, it's a test that sometimes is called the nation's report card right. just explain what it is and and, and why right. it's a federal testing program it's called the national assessment of educational progress it's known as NAEP. Uh, NAEP. Uh, It's often referred to as the gold standard of testing because it does not have stakes. Uh, It's given to samples, to scientific samples of kids throughout the United States and also state by state. Uh, The NAEP test is given in reading and math every other year and it's also given on a less frequent basis but it's also offered in U.S. history will be offered in world history, and, and there are, uh, science is uh, tested, writing is tested, civics is tested. So there are all of these different subjects that are part of NAPE, but it's only reading and math that's tested every other year. It's expensive, uh, but it gives us a very good snapshot of how we're doing, what progress we're making, and progress has been slow. I mean, the, oddly enough, the biggest progress that's been made in reading and math was made before the adoption of No Child Left Behind and not since.
7: That's interesting. And what was it that was done to get
5: those results? Well, I think there was an emphasis on improving uh, without penalties. And I think that information itself is a, a, a valuable spur to improvement. But I, I don't. I think we may have reached a kind of a bottoming out point with all of this uh, beating up on people. And that's why I think we've seen so little progress, because... Uh, uh, we don't, we don't really have, I mean, to, to make it progress, for instance, in reading, you need a lot of general knowledge. And there's no emphasis on general knowledge. There's just emphasis on reading skills. And so we have many children who are trained to take the state test, and they're trained like parrots or they're trained like seals. They can take the state test. They actually get fairly good scores on the state test. But then when nape tests the same children, they haven't taken test preparation for nape because it doesn't exist, and they do poorly. We've seen no improvement in reading. Up to this point, and for eighth graders from 1998 to 2007,
2: it's been flat. You know, what do you take away from this clip?
0: Well, uh, this is just part of a lot of clips of the. If you want to listen to the entire speech, which is too long, but she, uh, she's basically saying that these programs that are—I mean, everybody senses this anyway—that the kids aren't learning anything anymore. They're being taught how to take the test because the, the you know the state tests that they have now that they have forced on people you know because if you don't improve and obama said this if the schools don't improve they don't do a better job on the test the next thing you know they you know the teachers are going to be fired and they're going to move everybody to a right. charter school right yeah which and, is a
2: commercial school right
0: well semi that's what we're going to talk about on the next show and she has a long explanation about the history of charter schools and it's quite interesting and it's very educational but what you come away with with this whole thing that she's talking about in the book which is called the death and life of the american school system and it has the subtitle something like how testing is killing us she says that um, she has a number of theses but the, the the one this thing where we're not teaching people things anymore we're just teaching testing, them how to, take d- a how, test. how to take a test right, right. and and if you talk to kids nowadays and say all the emphasis is not school's no fun. It's always about taking this test. Well, it's all so about it's all money. about
2: performing. Yeah, it's all about performance and uh, the same with your credit score. It's all about, you know, the test and the performance and uh, you have to comply. And, uh, you know, the. The the typical numbers game that that seems to be played, I agree. No one's teaching anyone anything anymore. So, take, so we'll talk take about the that. Test. Take the Baby. test. Take the test. Take the test. And I will say, if you saw the uh, the meme email that came in uh, titled "T Bonics," did you see that? No, I missed uh, that one. Oh, it's pretty hilarious. Here's the link. It's a it's a Flickr uh, album collection, 147 pictures of signage seen at Tea Party protests.
0: Oh yeah, this, and you know this is. <laughs> you know there's no, it's pretty funny <laughs> I'm sure it's hilarious but the fact is I still think half of the really dumb signs are put up by Axelrod yes and I agree We I don't agree. have any no proof that this is actually have law. no proof no. about any of this stuff. I could go out there with a sign and you know an Obama rally if they don't throw me out yeah. and have something stupid to say I mean this is this is meaningless and, and that's why it's a meme people. John
2: that's why it's a meme
0: yeah it's a total meme they talk about it constantly Oh, these idiots! even one of my bloggers posted a bunch of this garbage, yeah. which is like, unless you actually talk to the person, find out who they are. You know, for, I mean, yeah. you don't know anything about these signs.
2: Then you're you're actually just acting as a part of the uh, a part of the wheel, and you're just propagating more of it. Uh, just a couple quick hits here in the uh, BarackObama.com website store, now available for twenty five dollars. Health reform, BFD. As in big fucking deal. Yeah. Which, I, I, you know, I wouldn't pay any attention to this other than that it's at the official Barack Obama dot com store. It's like, OK, that's weird. Yeah, that's more than weird. Then one that'll get your goat. This is uh, from the Wall Street Journal. PepsiCo, who, of course, make a lot more than just uh, Coke. They make uh, they own Frito-Lay. And so they now are experimenting with a secret new designer salt whose crystals are shaped in size in a way that reduces the amount of sodium consumers ingest. However, it's so special that they're not telling us what the ingredients are, and they're testing it. it God. Will, yeah, uh, it will reduce the uh, salt intake of customer, consumers of such products as Frito-Lay's sour cream and onion by an average of 25%. This is
0: that whole salt vibe the, the salt government. salt thing is going on.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's like, can't can't we... This is the nanny state at work. Can't we determine how much salt we want to eat? Why does the government have to regulate it?
0: There's something screwy going on with salt. We have
2: to ask uh, Comrade Axel over there in the UK, get my Nation East, to, uh, to look into the salt commodity prices. I'm sure just like sugar... Something weird is going on, and they're you know now that PepsiCo has, an, uh, has some special secret formula. I mean, was this going to be another like you know chemical that's going to be put into our food instead of salt? And some it won't some salt additive. Uh, <sighs> Gold, Goldman Sachs, moving right along as we wind up the show, says uh, commodities may witness violent price spikes in the coming uh, months/slash years. Well, there you go, from the guys who manipulate the prices for you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they would know. Gee, thanks. Although (laughs) they lie a lot. They're the ones who said oil was going to go to 200 just before it collapsed. So many times Goldman Sachs tells you one thing while something else is going on. So keep your eye on it. Uh, uh, Let's put it this way. I wouldn't put my money on their press release. And as Horowitz and I noted on the last time we did the D H M plug show, that commodities have actually uh, uh, tanked. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh,
2: The National Review has an interesting article based on uh, some report that the Witherspoon Institute released called The Social Costs of Pornography. I don't know anything about the Witherspoon Institute. uh, But this, of course, is uh, a huge problem. It's an addiction. It's uh, killing
0: us. Porn, bad. It's killing us? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's killing what, us. People, are they texting porn while driving? Is that the
2: problem? Uh, you know, it's uh, the conclusion is that we really have to get serious about pornography. That's the conclusion here.
0: Yeah, well, then we need some more laws. That way they'd be, it's easier to, you won't have to plant kitty porn on people's computers to throw them in jail. Just any porn. Well, and would, by the way, naked, nudity is now porn, so that's one of the problems.
2: Well, I would like to know a little bit more about the addictive qualities of pornography, because this, of course, does tie into Tiger Woods and Jesse James, the Sandra Bullock thing. All these guys say, oh, I'm addicted to porn. Actually, they're not saying it. The news media is reporting that they're yeah, addicted to porn. Yeah, they're addicted to, to sex,
0: too. Addicted to sex, right.
2: And uh, how does one become addicted to sex? How does that work? I guess
0: uh, they they like it. I don't know. It makes no sense. It's the biggest bogus thing ever. I
3: mean, mean, everybody
0: technically is addicted to sex. It's the way the human population increases. But the... um Addicted to porn everything has to be an addiction. I think this is part of the vi- the virology thing. So in other uh, was a vaccine, exactly so a porn vaccine.
2: <laughs> Keep it away from me. I don't. I love you know. I I mentioned this on People Daily Source should, Code. After,
0: I'm sorry. After the show's over, everybody should go get the un uh, the unexpurgated uh, DVD of Clockwork Orange. Ooh yeah. Ooh, good one.
3: You know, it's just it. it
2: this is worrying to me. I'm seeing this crop up everywhere. You know this this sex addiction. The internet is making sex addicts. It's, it's, it's like it's it's weird. You know, it's like maybe they are coming out with some kind of uh, vaccine uh, against sex addiction. And by you the w- way, is, is it such a bad thing? Is it is it like horrible if you're addicted to sex? I mean, I don't think you're hurting any. You might hurt your own family, and you know you might you know, your own personal, uh, community, but it's not like, you know, it's not, it's not actually
0: killing people. Is it? (laughs) Oh no. Eric suggests roundup ready porn.
2: (laughs) No, no, this (laughs) (laughs) roundup ready porn. No. What we all know is that the internet is of course actually made for porn. Finally. I get to teach a whole lesson all by myself, and I'm gonna teach something relevant, something modern, the internet. The internet
1: is really, really great. For porn. I got a fast connection,
3: so you I.
2: You know that song? Yeah, I love For that song. Let me a hear classic. the. Cho- I, I need to hear the chorus, For porn. and then we'll get out of here.
3: For porn. It's like I'm surfing. And here we go. The internet,
1: internet is for no. porn. The internet is for porn. What are you doing? Why you think the net was born porn porn porn.
2: Nice. Of course, we right. uh, we learned from our neighbors that the uh the hilltop watchtower uh was used many times by Vivid Entertainment. Oh really? Yes. So now there's a big search going on the daily source code listeners. Don't eat
0: anything off the floor.
2: <laughs> daily source code listeners. Hey, come on over, John, have a dip in our pool. <laughs> <laughs> I just gotta mention this last one because it's kind of kind of in the in the same vibe. Um no firm evidence exists that body piercing indicates mental illness. However, doctors should consider screening patients with body piercings for high risk behaviors and psychiatric symptoms such as suicidal thoughts say researchers who reviewed 23 published studies and here it comes the analysis found this this is this is your money at work the analysis found that the reported prevalence of body piercing ranged from 6.8 uh, percent to 14% in the general population Uh four point three to fifty one percent amongst teenagers and young adults, females were more likely than males to have body piercing, which was associated with a wide range of potentially harmful behaviors such as alcohol abuse, smoking, drug use, high risk sex, Russian roulette, and problem gambling.
0: Russian roulette? (laughs) I know Russian roulette what is that
2: what is that all about this is what I mean man people have way too much time on their hands to do surveys so if you're a body piercer keep all guns at bay (laughs) my daughter has piercings I don't see her walking around playing Russian roulette or gambling (laughs) dad can I borrow the revolver and a bullet (laughs) just one that's all I need is just one you know, at least she's not asking for a, a Glock with one bullet. That's the so, wrong That's the wrong kind of <laughs> Russian roulette.
0: <laughs> Russian roulette with, a, with an automatic. <laughs> so uh, don't forget, everybody, we're going to be playing that John Bolton clip after the show ends. So stay stay tuned.
2: Yes, and we appreciate your support. Uh, dvorak.org slash NA. And for the No Agenda stream, that's for the future. As you're helping us build that, uh, Dvorak.org slash nas we appreciate your support and not only that but we actually needed to pay bills coming to you from the uh, hilltop watchtower crackpot command center where uh, i'm going to take a dip in the pool it's gooey (laughs) i'm adam curry
0: Uh, if i were you i'd get a black light and some bleach while i was doing that And I'm here in northern Silicon Valley where there is less of that sort of thing necessary. And there's a storm coming. I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again on Thursday for the early service right here on No Agenda.
4: Sovereignty is a, is a critically important issue for Americans. It's, uh, it's something we feel instinctively uh, lies in all American citizens. You know, the concept derives originally uh, from monarchies in Europe. The kings and queens were the sovereigns. And to many people, it seems uh, abstract. It doesn't have the immediacy that it does to, uh, to Americans. But We understand uh, that in America, as the Constitution itself says, it's we, the people, who are sovereign. Uh, So when you hear academics or people from the international left or some of our friends in Europe say, you know, the world is very complex now. And these national sovereignties get in the way of solving global problems, we need to pool sovereignty or we need to share sovereignty, uh, what they're really saying is you need to give up control over the American government and you need to share it with other people. Now, since most Americans don't believe we have enough control over the federal government, the idea of pooling or sharing some of the sovereignty we have is naturally uh, objectionable. But this is part of a larger struggle that's been going on for quite some time, a struggle that, frankly, most Americans don't even know is happening. Uh, And I I characterize it as a struggle between globalists, people who think that uh, all problems... Uh, move in the direction of greater international uh, discussion and resolution versus Americanists, people who think we're quite capable of solving problems, staying within the framework uh, of the American Constitution.